Today's episode is brought to you by the NBA Store. A new year brings the start of a new NBA season. Suit up with the latest gear to show your support for your team. We may be sidelined from going to the arena, but that doesn't mean you can't watch basketball from your couch in style. We're teaming up with the NBA and Podgo to bring our listeners up to 75% off select items. Yes, you heard that right. Go to podgo.co slash NBA for up to 75% off select items from the NBA Store. The NBA, where amazing happens. Culture Popped with Hunter Bishop. Arongo Productions Production. Hello and welcome to Culture Popped with Hunter Bishop. This is the season two premiere after we took a very long extended hiatus. I don't even know how long it was. Lost track of time. That's how long it was. (laughs) Uh, Season two premiere. Uh, with uh, a new season comes a lot of big changes here at Culture Popped. Um, one thing that hasn't changed is that Hunter is still not here this week uh, because he is um, actually uh, hiding from his bookie. Uh, he uh, he owes him some more money now. Um, lost some bets on the Royal Rumble, and uh, he, he's quite in debt to his bookie. So uh, he's in he's in hiding down in uh, Eastview, New Jersey. Um, so, oh, 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 oh. no, Westview, New Jersey. Mm. Um, so if, if you're looking for Hunter, he's in Westview, New Jersey. That's to the West, not the East. Don't go to Eastview, New Jersey, if you're looking for Hunter. (laughs) Um, but so we'll be your guest hosts once again. I am Matt, along with my co-guest host, Jonah. Say hello, Jonah. Hey. Hey, can I just uh, say how amazing we're now do we now have live sound effects by the way, and it is just amazing. Yes, that's one of the big changes with season two is that uh, we figured out how to play our sound effects while recording, so I have less editing to do, which is good because I am very lazy. I mean, big bigger budget for from Hunter, so I'm very proud of him because he's oh, a yeah. cheap man. Yes. He's a cheap cheap man. Yes, you should all be very excited for season two because season two, like I said, big changes. Um, and by big changes, we mean that now I can do this whenever I want. Woo! <laughs> Styling and profiling, baby. So Styling good. and profiling. Okay, we got a lot to uh, to do this week, so uh, let's just uh, let's get right into it uh, with our news segment where we go over all the pop culture news and we give our hot takes. But uh, we don't just give our hot takes because you can get hot takes from any old podcast or any old uh, Twitter account with an anime profile picture and lots of numbers after their name. We give you hot takes with extra maple syrup. Hot takes with extra maple syrup. So good, so good. So very good, so very good. Lot, lots of hot takes this week, lots to discuss. So let's just get right into it. First piece of news, MLB The Show releases on April 20th for PS4, PS5, and for the first time ever, Xbox One and Xbox Series X and S. And it will feature full cross-platform play. Um, can I just say that I haven't played MLB The Show since... MLB 09 because uh, I've been on the Xbox for that long. That's that's my Xbox timeline. 
crossed yeah. over in 2010. See, see, I'm blessed because I have every console, so I've been able to experience every console's exclusives. So, you know, I've been able to experience the show, and then, uh, you know, but I know we've talked before on Xbox, while playing on Xbox, um, talking about how, oh yeah, I'm just going to go you know, play the show after this, or I was just playing the show, and you're like, oh, I wish I had a baseball game. There's no baseball game on Xbox. Yeah. RBI, RBI baseball, baseball doesn't count, sucks. by the way. <laughs> doesn't count. RBI, doesn't RBI suck, baseball but... doesn't count. Um, so I'm very happy for, for everybody on Xbox to finally get a good uh, licensed MLB game. It's about fucking I time, wanna... and I don't, I don't trust 2K anymore, so... I'm glad that yeah. the show's coming because if 2K got the lic- like a license back for that shit, I don't know if I really trust them. I don't want to say there's no like Xbox didn't have any good baseball games because they had that what is it Super Mega Baseball which is pretty fun but it's not and an no, MLB game. No, I I literally yeah. made my team look like the Toronto Blue Jays to try to mimic as close as I could. Gave them custom stats and it's like. It's just not the same because you're playing against a bunch of fucking fake people. Fake. Car- cartoony fake people. I mean, it's a fun game. It's a fun arcade oh, baseball fun. game. It's very fun. Right? It's a fun arcade baseball game, but there's no like b- good baseball sims on Xbox. And RBI baseball doesn't count. Um, so very excited for all my Xbox friends. Um, I'm still going to get this on PlayStation just because if I have the choice, I'm going to keep it on its rightful home. But uh... <coughs> Come on. Don't, uh... <laughs> uh, I no, mean, it's cross-platform just... anyways, so doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, so w- we can still play together. I just, you know, some some game series, again, because I have the luxury of getting on whatever I want. Some some game series, I like, I love that I can play Crash Bandicoot, and, you know, Crash Racing or, or the Insane Trilogy on Switch or Xbox, but it's Crash Bandicoot. If I have the option, I'm going to play it on PlayStation. It's MLB The Show. If I have the option, I'm going to get it for PlayStation. But I'm very happy that you can now play it. And we can play together. God. Bunt challenge, here we come. Yes, the famous bunting challenge that me and Logan used to do. May he rest in peace. 37 innings, only bunting. That's nine cool. innings, man. We did the whole nine innings. Bunting yeah, only. I feel like the only time is someone scores during the bunting challenge is when they really fuck up or they are just like messing around. It's like, oh shit. You know what I mean? Well, what would usually happen in the bunting challenge is uh, because he played more than I did. So um, he was better. Like I, I, I was very noobish at it. So like what would happen is he would bunt it and then I would get confused as to the buttons to, to play the bases and then he'd get a run and then I couldn't come back because all we're doing is bunting. <laughs> But it's yeah. a very fun it's a very fun way to fuck around in uh, in online. I love fucking around in sports games. We also used to do a, a thing in NBA when I had NBA where we would only make full court shots. Listen, some of them go in. Some of them do go in. That's right? more like the, that's more that's, likely that to go thing. in than the bunting challenge. We would we would play against each other only full court shots. <laughs> I mean, it, anyway. it, it really uh, takes the skill out of the game and. It's more luck, which I like in sports games. Yeah, sometimes it's just it's it's fun to screw around like that in sports games, especially because there's really no, you know, ar- arcadey wacky sports games coming out anymore. You know, mm-hmm. if there was an NBA Jam type game or an NBA Jam, like I would, we wouldn't have to do that because we'd go play NBA Jam. But alas, there is not. So anyway, m- moving on, Mass Effect Legendary Edition 
is coming out on May 14th. Very excited for this. Um, it's coming out for uh, PS4 and uh, Xbox One, but it will um, have the PS5 and Series X improvements. Um, it'll be in 4K, up-res resolution, uh, HDR, and uh, the PS5 and Series X, um, if you play it on there, will have 60 FPS. They've Beauty. redone the character. Yeah, they've redone the character models. They've improved textures, shaders, shadows, and VFX. Uh, for Mass Effect 1, which is the one that needs updating the most, uh, they updated the UI. They improved the camera. They improved aiming, macro, etc. Um, the iconic Fem Shep yeah, from Mass Effect 3 is now the default one in Mass Effect 1 and 2. And there's new hair, makeup, and skin tones the character creator, which is uniform across all three games now. Did they make Andromeda better? Uh, no, they did nothing to Andromeda, but I stand by that Andromeda is fine. <laughs> no, I know. It's just notoriously not up to standards compared to the other games. No, but it's fine. Uh, honestly, gameplay-wise, it it plays better. That's fair. It's everywhere I else that it's it, less. So I, I, I have no ground to stand on yeah uh gameplay wise it's better than the other ones you know it's just it's a smoother gameplay experience in terms of like the like combat mechanics but it's everywhere else that it's worse but it, it's not a horrendous game it's fine it's perfectly mm -hmm. playable it's fun um but i'm excited for this i love mass effect um, um uh more games on the shelf that uh have to come after assassin's creed you know what i'm saying yeah, well, we'll come well on, in the middle of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Switch between them. But I'm very excited. Love Mass Effect. I've, uh, I've, I, I didn't play that much of Mass Effect 1 because it, when it came out, it was a 360 exclusive. I didn't have a 360 at the time. But I bought Mass Effect 2 and 3, and then eventually I got, I played Mass Effect 1, a little bit of it, and um, yeah, it, w it was not good when I played, so I'm, I'm very glad that they... Yeah, I was just shit at the game, so I quit. Honestly, it might not it, it might not have been you. It might have been the game. Because <laughs> I, I played. I got on the I, 360. I, yeah, like I played it. I played the 360 version on Game Pass, and my God, it is not good. Like the, the like the actual gameplay of it is not good. Like the story and everything is fine. The RPG stuff is fine, but the actual like combat is horrendous. Like I couldn't do it. <laughs> I stopped. So I'm very happy they're updating this. So so it's on par, at least hopefully closer to the other ones. Mm -hmm. But Mass Mass Effect 2 is still like one of the greatest RPGs of all time. That's fair. Nothing, nothing can change that. Anyway, moving on. EA Sports is reviving its college football games for next-gen consoles. I did not hear this. Yeah. I wish well, it was college basketball because... <clears throat> I don't know. Do we need a college football game compared to NFL? I mean... People liked the NCAA games back in the day, which, you know, stopped. I feel like games are big enough where they could have included this, but into the NFL. In yeah. Um, I wonder if uh, this time they will uh, pay their student athletes this time. You know that's not going to happen. It's EA. EA. 
I know, but that was why they stopped making these uh, games in the first place, because uh, there was an uproar about how they wouldn't pay their student athletes. I thought it wasn't, a, you weren't allowed to pay student athletes. Were they not allowed, or did they just choose not to? I don't, I don't know. know. Are they still not allowed to pay student athletes? Most of these, most of these student athletes get a full ride through college because of their scholarship. And that's like a lot of fucking money. I know, but it's prestigious schools. I know, but you should still be paid for your likeness being in a video game. That's true. Right? Like, at the very least, a one-time fee. Mm -hmm. Like, imagine if somebody made a video game starring you. You were the main character in the video game, and you received no money. Uh, Yeah, I'd be pretty pissed off. There you go. Anyway, uh, moving on. Apex Legends is officially coming to Switch on March 9th. Hmm. There you go. Gonna fucking stomp some Switch noobs. There you go. That's what I did when Overwatch came out on Switch. (laughs) I was like, finally, people will think I'm really good. (laughs) I don't know. Instead of my very decidedly slightly above average skills. But uh, moving on. EA uh, said that uh, Battlefield 6 is ahead of a uh, development schedule, and they're looking at a spring reveal event and a holiday 2021 release. Uh, it will take full advantage of the next-gen hardware. Um, EA CEO Andrew Wilson says, um, featuring maps with unprecedented scale, the next vision of Battlefield takes all the destruction, player agency, and vehicle and weapon combat that the franchise is known for and elevates it to another level. The team is focused and the game is ahead of our internal milestones. There's one thing I love about shoot, like multiplayer shooter games. It's massive maps. And just in case you weren't aware, that was sarcasm. I hate how big some of the fucking Battlefield maps are. Well, you need big maps because there's so many players. Mm-hmm. It just it encourages cowardly, stupid gameplay from, and people take advantage of that. Um, I guess, but people I, take advantage of everything in every game. No, I know. I just I just like the closer combat. Even in Battlefield, I liked spawning on certain objectives because there was always that closer combat. Same with Battlefront. It's just there's long areas, but the maps aren't so fucking massive where it's like, damn. I have to use a sniper. Whereas, like, I don't want these maps to be... Yeah. Like, you well, have that's to wh- use that's a vehicle to get to one side of the yeah. map because walking, you're just you're going to fucking run out of time, you know? Yeah. That, you know why? That's why my favorite Battlefield bone has always been Rush because what it is is it'll take, like, the giant map, right? But it splits it into sections. Mm. Right? So, like... So, like, the game will start in, like, the first quarter of the map, right? So it's, like, a big map, but, like, first it starts in the quarter of the map, right? And then if, um, you know, the attackers successfully attack, then it moves to the next section of the map. So the map is a big map, right? But you're in these small sections that are just ever-changing. It makes it feel much more, I don't know, just the fact that the the map is moving, like, continuously. Mm Mm-hmm. Like and yeah. it flows too because it's all one big map, right? Like that's always been. I've always liked that mode more than Conquest. But I also, I just think everything about the um, uh, bad company games are better than every everything. 
I mean that mode's that mode's been in um battlefields. I mean like it started in Bad Company though. But they've they still do it now, but I just think Battlefield six should just be Bad Company three, honestly. Yeah, we gotta wait and see. See how see how it is and uh don't count your chickens before they hatch or some shit, you know? Uh well there's more here anyway. Um Andrew Wilson also said that it will mark a return to all-out military warfare. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't Battlefield always been military warfare? Yeah, or was there, a, was there a Battlefield racquetball game that I missed? Um, hmm. I think yeah. he's just trying to use fancy words to, to confuse and entice stupid people. Just bring back Bad Company, man. That was the best <laughs> Battlefield game. Yeah. Um, had the best multiplayer and the best campaign. Hell, that campaign was better than most most Call of Duty campaigns, bar in like. No, actually, it was better than every Call of Duty campaign. <laughs> so was the multiplayer. The multiplayer was also better than every Call of Duty multiplayer. Just bring back Bad Company, man. That's what the people want. Anyway, uh, reports claim that key elements in six are inspired by three, and that it will return the series to a modern setting. But EA has not confirmed either of those. So there you go. They're inspired by 3. Um, should be inspired by Bad Company. Just make Bad Company 3, man. Matt, if only you were lead game designer. I should be lead game designer. I should be lead everything. Yeah. Just make you make you lead everything. I should be uh, lead game designer of this. I should be the director of and writer of the Borderlands movie. Speaking of Borderlands, Gearbox has been purchased by Swedish company Embracer Group, the same company that now own THQ Nordic and Coke Media, among others. The purchase includes plans to expand Gearbox's operations, adding new studios and staff, create new brands, and go looking for more properties to buy. The initial purchase price was $363 million, half of it in cash and half of it in Embracer shares, with a further $1 billion to be paid um, if Gearbox are able to hit agreed-upon financial and operational targets in the next six years. Unfortunately, Randy Pitchford will remain CEO. Big mistake. Big fucking mistake. That you had your chance, and the yeah. Pitchford is not bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, what Listen, just make Borderlands 4 what we all want it to be. The war that yeah. was predicted in pre-sequel... And Book it, yeah. Brandy. The the storyline that they set up in the pre-sequel and then the very next game they completely ignored. That one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. one. You know, the yeah. one where they said, well, we're going to need all Vault Hunters because a war is coming. And, uh, well, and, and where's then, all the Vault Hunters? Let me, let me tell you, there's like six in the game. They, they, made, three, they, they, they made no mention of that at all in Borderlands 3. It's almost as if it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Where's Athena? I, I don't know. Anyway... Um, Where's my boy Salvador? Where's my boy Axton? Anyway, I don't think this is going to affect Gearbox really in any way. Yeah, probably not. At least not negatively. I mean, if it gives them more resources, then it'll probably affect them positively. Hopefully. Um, Hopefully they actually get, you know, better writers because Borderlands 3 wasn't as well written. I just hope hope this means um, that all of their non-Borderlands games are good because I don't think they have one. No. Maybe Band, um, Brothers in Arms from but back in the day, but they haven't made one of those since like 2008. So they haven't made a good non-Borderlands game since 2009. Yeah. 
Anyway. And they haven't made a... I mean, Borderlands 3 is good. It's just not great. Yeah. But it's also a Borderlands game. I'm talking about non-Borderlands games. Yeah, yeah. Looking at you, Godfall. <laughs> Wait, yeah, they, they made, made that? They, no, they they just published it. They didn't develop it. But uh-huh. their name's on it nonetheless, and uh, it is god-awful, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I've heard terrible things. Yeah. We've talked about that before, so... Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Ryan Coogler is developing a Disney Plus show about the Kingdom of Wakanda. No other details have been revealed, so there's no word on whether he will also be involved, whether he'll be like involved directly, um, or if he's just acting as a producer or a creative consultant or whatever. But uh, it's happening. It's going to be a show about Wakanda. Yeah. What do you uh, think? I'm for it. I'm for it too. Wakanda's. I feel like um, it fits well. Yeah. Wakanda is an interesting place to explore. The thing is, with these Disney shows, I do not want them to overdo it. You know, like it's I love how they're expanding the universe beyond movies and WandaVision works so well. And it's so I think if they're I think if they're good, keep them coming. Yeah. So I just hope that they all have this this standard of quality that WandaVision has, because it's a high bar to set right off the what right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know if um, if all if any of these shows are like planned to have like more than one season or if they're mm-hmm. all just like little tiny like if each one is just a little like event series that's just like one season and done or if like like is there gonna be like a like if, if wandavision leads into the events of like doctor strange could there even be a wandavision season two like could like could there be more than one season of loki could there be more than one season of falcon and winter soldier like we just don't know yeah which is upsetting because like the shows are so fucking good, dude. They, it is, um, and we won't be talking about Wandavision today on the podcast because Jonah did not see the latest episode. But boy, howdy, it was a doozy. Let me tell you. I hear it just gets better and better. That's all. I'm oh here. my god, big big implications this episode. I look forward to it whenever I can force my family members to sit down and watch. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Google Stadia is shutting down its game development and will instead be focusing solely on partnerships with other game studios. My condolences go out to all seven Google Stadia users. Yeah, they've gone down from 11 since last time. Holy shit. Was it 11 last time? I don't, I don't even, even remember. remember. It fluctuates. Um, yeah, so, I mean, like, they're still going to be putting games on Stadia. They're just not going to be making games specifically for Stadia. I, I don't know. Or at least there's no, like, Google fucking like development studios making games i don't know i don't feel bad for stadia because game pass does it better kind of thing google google stadia is the quibby of uh gaming yeah you could say that say that's all i'm gonna say um anyway in some fantastic news the uh the canceled xbox 360 remaster of the original GoldenEye has leaked and is now playable. Uh, the game was cancelled because there were too many different rights holders to coordinate with to get it released back in the day. Um, so, like, if you remember, like, there was, like, a, like, a, there's a 360 version of Perfect Dark because Rare is now owned by Microsoft and they remastered Perfect Dark um, 
for the 360 with updated controls for the 360 and, and improved visuals. And they were going to do the same to GoldenEye, but they couldn't because there was just so many p different people that they had to, you know, get permission from, like Nintendo and, like, the Broccoli family and, and, and you know, MGM and Eon. So it just didn't happen. But the... the the game ROM is uh, it's out there now. It's available at archive.org, and uh, so if you have uh, go there, download it. You need to have the Xbox 360 emulator uh, Xenia to to run it, but uh, that's it, man. Like it's it's functional. You can play it. It uh, has updated resolution. It runs at 60 FPS. There's a graphics toggle, so you can switch um, to the original Nintendo 64 graphics at any time. Um, you can finally play it with a control scheme and a controller that is made for humans with less than three hands. I I don't know. Uh, how do you get the How do you get the game? You download the ROM at archive.org. Can you play it like on a console, or does it have to be on computer? Uh, I, I it's got to be on. Uh, you, it's got to be on computer because you have to download the ROM. I guess you could maybe. I guess you could maybe probably run it on a on a hacked uh, 360. Maybe, but I don't think anyone's done that yet. Okay. I but you probably hacked. could. Shocker! I used to have a hacked 360, but. Uh... Yeah, I don't see why you wouldn't. I mean, that's what hacked 360s are for—to play to play ROMs that you download illegally. So I don't see why you wouldn't be able to play this on a Hack 360, but uh, most people are just playing it on their PCs. That's pre it's pretty cool. I don't know how it happened, but it's it's pretty darn fucking awesome. Well, it just leaked, like like because like they made it, they just couldn't like like it was ready, I guess. Like they just couldn't release it, but very exciting because Goldeneye is amazing, as okay. you know. Yeah, no, I know. Anyway, um, speaking of WandaVision, although we were just speaking of James Bond. <laughs> it's okay. Good segue. Good segue. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen has said that WandaVision will have a surprise cameo on the level of Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian. Why would what they do you think of that? that? <laughs> well, they didn't spoil who it was. I know that, but just let it happen. I'm at, yeah. If I didn't know that, I would have been... And then I saw the cameo. Well, listen. Like, what the fuck? See, this is hard for me to discuss because you didn't see this week's episode. Yeah. Because something happened this week's episode that, that kind of relates to this that people might think is what she's talking about, but it's not what she's talking about. Who said this? Elizabeth Olsen? Elizabeth Olsen said this. Right? But... There's a something happened in the something happened in today's episode. Um, I mean, this last episode, not today, because this is Sunday. Everybody knows this comes out on Sunday. No, we record before it comes out. We're not wizards, but something happened in today's episode that I think a lot of people will think is what she's talking about, but it's not what she's talking about. Just say it, because I don't I don't give a shit. It's my fault I didn't watch it. Okay, full one division spoilers right now. So if uh, if you don't want it, skip like. 30 seconds ahead um so at the end of the episode um quicksilver comes back but it's it's not quicksilver from age of ultron it's evan peters quicksilver from days of future past hmm. but that's that not what? that's that's not the what cameo she's talking about because 
he like everybody knew he was in the show. He was on the cast list. This was revealed. So that's not the surprise she's talking about because we all knew he was going to show up in the show. I liked his fucking Quicksilver infinitely better. Yeah. Than, uh, yeah. But this this uh, this has huge implications because it's like it, it like is this multiverse or are mutants here now? Like so. It's multiverse and mutants are here, boy. Come on, boy. Or is it or or is it just fan service? Like just a meta thing? Like we we don't know, but uh, we'll find out anyway. Uh, my guess for who the uh, my guess for who the cameo she's talking about is is Uncle Jesse. Uncle Jesse? Yeah, from Full House. John Stamos, baby. Mark my words. Um, is that a joke? Or are you serious? Jonah, I never joke about Uncle Jesse. <laughs> I mean, I love John Stamos as much as the next guy, but. Uh... I thought you were going to make a serious prediction. Okay, my serious prediction is Bob Saget. Listen, as much as I'd love that, too. (laughs) Probably even more than Sean Stamos. Uh, Okay, fine. My serious prediction is... uh, I don't know. My realistic prediction is Doctor Strange. My serious prediction is... I I don't know, Professor X. Or Magneto. One of the two. I don't think that on a level of Luke Skywalker, Doctor Strange will, would be on that okay. level. Well, that's my realistic. I think she's just hyping up, but my realistic guess is Doctor Strange. Um, I don't know. Magneto. I think Magneto is my is my prediction. Daddy? But which which Magneto? Fastbender Daddy? or McKellen? Maybe both. Daddy, Mag- Daddy, Daddy Magneto. Anyway, let's get on with it. We have a lot. Daddy? Let's get on with it. We still got a lot to do. Um, the Obi-Wan series starts filming this spring, according to Ewan McGregor. Um, very excited for this show. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Gonna Love good. Obi-Wan. Love Ewan McGregor. Anyway, uh, No Time to Die is going to be going uh, to be undergoing reshoots to update the product placement. Because by the time this thing is released, uh, all the stuff that they'll be using is going to be outdated. Hmm. Yeah, so they got to do reshoots so they have uh, uh, modern, up-to-date phones and watches and stuff. Because, you know, James Bond can't be walking around uh, in last year's Omega. He's got to be walking around in this year's Omega. You know what I think? You know how, like, in Mission Impossible and James Bond, they give them prototype cars to kind of promote them coming out? Like, um, the one that I can remember visually, it was... Like the BMW and the BMW i8 before yeah. it came out was in Mission Possible. Yeah. Um, that's what I think is that they had some sort of prototype car that is no longer a prototype and is actually on the market. So they have to go back and maybe get another prototype car. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I'm pretty sure it's the phones and watches. That wouldn't make any sense. Phones age. Yeah, new phones come out every year, but it's not. Like, no, oh, there's wow. a new. No, that's the thing though. There's a new phone out every year, and he's got to have the newest phone to make you want to buy the newest phone. Cause you know it's like, oh, James Bond has the newest Sony Ericsson, so I got to get the newest Sony Ericsson. Meanwhile, nobody has a Sony Ericsson. Paid <laughs> a lot but, of money for that Sony Ericsson. But anyway, that's that. That's it's it's the phones and watches definitely. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, George Clooney is producing and is reportedly starring in a reboot television series. Of the um, old uh, old uh, comic book and uh, 1940s serial 
uh, Buck Rogers in the 25th century. I mean, so for any of our listeners uh, who uh, grew up in the 50s and watched Buck Rogers in the 25th century, <laughs> George Clooney is going to be the next one. Uh, yeah, I've never heard of it, but you know what? George Clooney's George Clooney, so. I have heard of it. Um, I think there's a game or something on like the NES or... or I I'm think. sure there is. There's a game for everything on the NES. Let me boopity boop it. Um, but while I'm boopity booping it, I will tell you that the show, Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, will be about Buck Rogers attending the No Time to Die premiere. <laughs> Dude. I mean, as much as that, <laughs> as much as that seems like a joke, we're heading there. I, I hope it's just a joke. I just wanted to make that joke. I mean, you never know. He's got a lot of time to die. You might have to do three more reshoots he's, after. He's got he's got so much time to die. No, there is no there is no video game Buck Rogers in the twenty fifth century. I don't know how I've ever heard of Buck Rogers in the twenty fifth century. Maybe there's a game that's similar to it, and I was googling what this game is, and it said similar inspired by Buck Rogers or some shit. <laughs> but I've definitely heard of Buck Rogers in the twenty fifth century. I don't know how, but I know it. Uh, that that's how deep my pop culture knowledge goes somehow i know what buck rogers in the 25th century is despite having been born in the 20th century or the late 20th century i'm not going to reveal my age anyway don Cheadle says that war machine is going to make an appearance in falcon and winter soldier okay there you that's go. cool <laughs> thanks for that uh very useful. No, I'm just, I'm just fucking... I, Look, I, I like War Machine. I like Don Cheadle. He's yeah, cool. Yeah, of course. I love him, too. You know what I say to, you know what I say to that news? And, and getting more Don Cheadle on my screens? You know what I say to that? What do you say? Woo! That's what I say. Um. Anyway, uh, a Home Alone 2 actor has resigned from SAG-AFTRA in what is a very petty, sad, and pathetic letter... Um, SAG-AFTRA's official response to the letter was, thank you. Uh, the actor is not important enough to be named. Yeah, but he used his prestigious think... films like Home Alone 2. Like, he was a main part of it. Yeah, in the letter, he, he bragged about how proud he was of his roles in Home Alone 2, Zoolander, Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, despite, uh, being in them for less than 10 seconds each. Um, but... Like, SAG after was happy that he resigned because they were going to kick him out anyway. Um, <laughs> again, he's not important enough for us to tell you what his name is, but I think you can infer that it was indeed the guy who played Buck. Okay. Buck. That's the brother's name, right? Buck? I don't fucking know, dude. The guy with the flat top? I can't remember. Come on. I gotta boopity boop it. What from what movie are you talking about? Home Alone. I can't fucking remember. He, I've watched that shit a lot. I haven't seen Home Alone two since fucking. I was like ten, dude. You haven't seen Home Alone two since you were ten. Yeah. But that's the best Home Alone. Listen. Tim Curry, com- man, Buzz. That's it, Buzz. Who plays Buzz? I don't know who plays Buzz, but he resigned from SAG-AFTRA. No, yeah. he didn't. Some other guy did. Some other loser from Home Alone 2. Yeah, some loser. 
that yeah. said Saturday Night Live was an accomplishment for him, even though they make fun of him on a weekly basis. Anyway, um, so so sorry to hear that Uncle Frank has resigned from SAG. No, it wasn't Uncle Frank. Um, <laughs> you all know who it was. Um, anyway, um, the Prince of Persia Sands of Time remake has been delayed once again. No further release date was given. Um, this is I good. wish I had the woo sound effect because I play that every time something gets canceled. Woo! You know. Well, I'm saving the woo sound effect for this next piece of news. Okay. Is that the Foo Fighters have a new album and it's out right now. It's very good. You should go listen to it. Foo I Fighters. Woo! <laughs> I should go listen to it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, Very groovy. It's not... Uh, it's very different from their... Most of their... It's not like... Rocking like most of their stuff is. It's uh, it's all got a nice kind of groovy vibe. It's it's a dance album base. It's a dance. It's dance rock. It's rock and roll. You want to dance? It's very good. I'll uh, I'll give it a give it a shout. Yeah. Foo Fighters. Woo! <laughs> anyway, um. Final Fantasy XIV is getting a PS5 upgrade later this year, starting with an open beta on April 13th. It will include better frame rates, faster load times, 4K resolution, and more. And also a new expansion titled Endwalker is also coming out this fall to PS4 and PS5. So if you're a Final Fantasy XIV player or a uh, Final Fantasy XIV player who want, who stopped playing, now's your time to get back into it. You should be very excited. Um... I like Final Fantasy XIV, but I I didn't play a lot of it because I just can't find the time to play too many MMOs. I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah. Never played a single Final Fantasy. Really? I've never been interested in it. Wow. Not a single one. No. Wow. Well, this one is this one is like not like a main. Like one. This one's like a like an MMO. It's very it's a very good MMO. Um, some like it even better than uh, World of Warcraft. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's very good. But I just I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, finally in hot takes we have the Golden Globe nominations war uh, were released. So yep, Get, sit time. back because we're gonna you're gonna listen to us and you're gonna win your Golden nom- Golden Globe. Uh, pool party, whatever it's yeah. called, you know. Pool. Write down everything we say about these Golden Globe nominations, and at the end of the night, you'll be looking at all. You'll be looking at your, you know, awards pool, and you'll be going. Woo! Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself, Rick. Yeah, yeah. That season two budget's going to good use. It really is. Yeah. Anyway, uh, should I start from the top or start from the bottom? Let's start from the bottom, and then we'll end okay. up here. Well, now I have to go to the bottom. See what you made me do? Okay, well, I don't even know if your bottom is the same as my bottom. I'm but, on uh, IMDb, I'm, so... Uh, well, I'm going to list them all out anyway. Okay, best motion picture foreign language. Another round. Uh, La Llorona, The Life Ahead, Minari, and Two of Us. Um, as we all know, it's going to be Minari, winner of the Culture Popped Awards, uh, the Bishop Award for uh, Best Drama, actually, so Minari. Pick Minari in your uh, awards pool, and uh, you're going to be going, woo! 
That yeah. too. What's next? Uh, best motion picture animated. We got The Crudes, A New Age, Onward, Over the Moon, Soul, and Wolf Walkers. You're going to want to pick Soul. Soul. Yeah, pick Soul, and you'll be going. Woo! <laughs> God, this is so good. I want. Don't stop. Don't stop. It's not going to stop, and it's never going to stop. Okay. Okay, best uh, original song, motion picture. This makes me uh, sick to my stomach, by the way. It, me too. Uh, Fight for You by uh, from Judas and the Black Messiah. Hear My Voice from Tr- Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, IOC, uh, The Life Ahead, Speak Now, One Night in Miami, and uh, Tigress and Tweed from the United States versus Billie Holiday. I don't care which one of these wins because um, Eurovision was robbed. So this doesn't get a woo from me. Nope. Probably Trial song. I, I haven't heard any of these. I, I haven't, haven't heard either. any of these songs. Um, I was so upset um, that they snubbed uh, Eurovision that I refused to listen to any of these. Yeah, and it, for Oscar voters, because I know you're listening, if Wuhan Flu or Husevec are not nominated, at least one of them has to be nominated for Best Original Song, it's gotta be I will cry. Husevec. But anyway, uh, Best Original Score, Motion Picture, um, Mank, the Midnight Sky, News of the World, Soul, and Tenet. It's it's got to be Soul. I mean, that's the only one I've seen on this list. No, um, but it's got to be Soul. My man, but, John Baptiste, gonna be an Oscar uh, Oscar winner this year. I Golden hope Globe so. winner, Golden Globe winner first, and but then Oscar winner. So Listen, pick I, Soul, pick Soul for this category, and you'll be going. Woo! Wow, look at you. <laughs> What's next? Uh, best Supporting Actress, TV. Gillian uh, Anderson, The Crown. Hel- Helena Bottom Carter, The Crown. Julia Garner, Ozark. Annie Murphy, Schitt's Creek. Cynthia Nixon, Ratchet. Best Supporting, you said? Best Supporting Actress, Television. Um, who do you, I, I, I can't find... Oh, here it is. Um, Julia Garner, Ozark. Yeah, you said that she's fucking great, right? She is. She's won previously, and she will win again. Also, she won the Bishop Award for uh, Best Supporting Actress Television. So So we know our shit over here, boy. Yeah, we, we know what we're talking about, okay? She won our award first, now she's going to win the Golden Globe. So pick her for your Golden Globes bets, and you'll be going. Woo! Has it gotten okay. old yet? Nope. Trick no. question, it never will. Uh, Best Supporting Actor TV. John Boyega, Small Axe, Brendan Gleeson, The Comey Rule, Dan Levy, Schitt's Creek, Jim Parsons, Hollywood, Donald Sutherland, The Undoing. Give it to the nice Jewish boy. Dan Levy? Yep. Okay, pick Dan Levy and you'll be going. Woo! Uh, Best Actress TV Series Comedy, Lily Collins, Emily in Paris, Kaylee Cuoco, The Flight Attendant, uh, Ellie Fanning, The Great, Jane Levy, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and Catherine O'Hara, Schitt's Creek. Can I just say how egregious it is that Emily in Paris is nominated for anything? I don't know what that is. Never heard of it. Um, I don't know. It was all the rage in like the summer or whatever. But like, it's a terrible show. It... It's about it's about this 
it's about Emily who goes to Paris, and it's the most cliched thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, I'd never heard of it, and I trust you though. I trust. I definitely trust. Yeah. You. Also, the flight attendant, like. I wouldn't classify it as a comedy. I was going to say, that seems pretty serious. When I saw the commercials for that, because I've not seen that. Like, I mean, I guess maybe there's some, like, dark humor in there. But, like, it's it's more of, like, a a murder mystery. Like, I wouldn't classify it as a comedy. I guess it's not a straight drama either. But so, I guess there's some category um, finagling that can happen with this. But I I wouldn't call it a comedy. But anyway, uh, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Yeah. Pick Catherine O'Hara and you'll be going. Woo! It's like a game every I don't know what's next, so I have to like scroll up and down on my uh on my computer to find it. So I... <laughs> Okay. Uh Best Actor T V series comedy, Don Cheadle, Black Monday, Nicholas Holt, The Great, Eugene Levy, Shits Creek, Jason Sudeikis, Ted Lasso, uh Rami Yusuf, Rami. Uh once again, uh the winner of our award is also gonna win the Golden Globe. Jason Sudeikis. Absolutely. If he doesn't win, it is absolute robbery. Oh, absolutely. Pick Jason Sudeikis for your uh, Golden Globe bets, and you'll be going. Woo! And if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, go watch it, and you'll be going. Woo! (laughs) Okay, what's next? And if you're not styling and profiling, make sure you style and profile, because then you'll be going. Woo! Okay, now you're overdoing (laughs) knobs. Never. Never enough. Uh, best actress, limited series or TV movie: uh, Kate Blanchett, Miss America, uh, Daisy Edgar Jones, Normal People, Shira Haas, Unorthodox, Nicole Kidman, The Undoing, uh, Anya Taylor Joy, The Queen's Gambit. You know, Anya Taylor Joy. She's yeah, great. Yeah, I I haven't seen The Queen's Gambit because I have no interest in sexy chess, but this is hers to lose. Yeah, if she doesn't win, you'll be going boo. Yeah, but see what I did there. I, I, I see what you did there because you said you'll be going boo when it because if she doesn't win because if she does win we'll all be going woo which rhymes with boo exactly. very clever thank you off the dome okay. right there uh, best actor limited series or TV movie uh, Brian Cranston Your Honor Jeff Daniels The Comey Rule Hugh Grant The Undoing Ethan Hawke The Good Lord Bird and Mark Ruffalo I know this much is true I don't I I don't have a Scooby Doo as the Brits would say I've only seen one of these so I'm voting for Brian Cranston Yeah why not He's great in everything Well I I've been watching Your Honor and it's very good Listen don't no woos for this because we're unsure um but you know what I will say? I'll say Your Honor is a very good show, and watching it makes me go. Woo! God, because I'm enjoying. <laughs> I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying it a great deal. You should check it out if you haven't. Okay, what's next? Best actor TV series drama: Jason Bateman, Ozark; Josh O'Connor, The Crown; Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul; Al Pacino, Hunters; Matthew Reese, Perry Mason. I want to say this is right? a toss. <laughs> I mean, I want to say this is a toss-up between Odenkirk and Bateman. However, they might want to give it to Al Pacino just to say they gave Al Pacino an award. That'd be so. F- there's, it's like, why nominate him if he's not going to win, right? I know like... he's Al Pacino. Like they might give it to him just because he's Al Pacino, and like, 
when was the last time Al Pacino was at the Golden Globes? The, like, we have to give it to him. He's Al Pacino. But, I've like, watched this. I watched Hunters, and he's so stereotypically Jewish. It's so nice seeing Al Pacino play a Jew. Um, <laughs> so, like, logical thinking says Bateman or Odenkirk. Yeah. But, I mean, like, it might be Al Pacino. Just, you know, he's got that, he's got the, the Al Pacino factor in that he's Al Pacino. Just uh, pick Bateman if you want to go. Yeah, we picked Bateman because his performance made us go. Woo! God, I tried to set it up and you fucking didn't. I, I set you up with the volley and you didn't smash it. What did you set me up with? I said, you know, it, if you want to pick, we're, we're going to pick Jason Bateman so you can go. Oh, I didn't hear you. I was too busy doing mine. Oh, yeah. yeah. See? <laughs> I feel like well, no, well we can't we can't do this so you can go woo you know every time we gotta shake it up a bit keep people on their toes yeah of course yeah. anyway uh, be- best actress TV series drama Olivia Coleman The Crown Jodie Comer Comer whatever Killing Eve I'm sorry if I got your name wrong uh, Emma Corrin The Crown Laura Linney Ozark Sarah Paulson Ratchet if anybody other than Laura Linney wins this it's highway robbery yeah. Okay. I mean, she, don't be it, shocked if Jodie Comer wins, because I hear she's pretty good. I'm sorry. Laura Linney is uh, above almost every other person on television, man or woman. <laughs> okay. No, I know. You speak very highly of her in Ozark, so. Yeah. It's it's She's, like, the best. So, um, hopefully she wins, so then I'll be going. Woo! Exactly. Best screenplay motion picture. Emerald Fennell, Promising Young Woman, Jack Fincher, Mank, Aaron Sorkin, Trial of the Chicago 7, uh, Florine Zeller and Christopher Hampton, The Father, and Chloe Zhao, Nomadland. Probably Trial of the Chicago 7, I would say. That's you what think? Yeah. I think it's either that or Promising Young Woman. I haven't seen either of them, but I'm, I'm planning on seeing them. But there's just something about... Aaron Sorkin in his past work, he does he yeah. has his his movies and shit are so heavily focused on interaction between characters that it's always great greatly written. Yeah, I I saw uh, Trial. I haven't seen Promising Young Woman yet, but I hear great things. Um, so I think it's a toss up between those two. But you're right, it might go to Sorkin just because it's a true story. Yeah, and very timely. <laughs> Hopefully, not anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, so either one of those two are going to pick up this award, get on stage, and go, Woo! What's next? Best Director, Motion Picture. Yeah, uh, rec- listen to this. Record-breaking year for director. But guess what? There's three women nominated, and all three will lose. You think? Mark my words. Actually, so no. Which... Maybe, maybe... Okay. Cl- let me, let me list Zhao. them. Zhao. Let me list them. Let me list them. Uh, Emerald Fennell, um, or Fennell, again, I apologize if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, uh, for Promising Young Woman. David Fincher for Mank. Regina King, One Night in Miami. Aaron Sorkin, Trial of Chicago 7. And Chloe Zhao, Nomadland. So, which man do you think is going to win it? Sorkin or Fincher? So, I mean, I feel like anyone can win it. Besides Emerald Fennell for prom and Regina King. Why? I don't know. I just don't see those movies as 
directing you know you know when you see a movie that's like wow that's well directed have you ever said that sometimes like every every tarantino movie is so meticulously directed i just don't see that in promising for promising a woman in one night in miami but i don't know i hear I very i hear very good things about promising a woman i'm uh, looking forward to watching it i am too but mark my, but uh, it's I, probably no, going to be chloe Zhao. No, I think they're going to give it to Fincher. Think so? I think he made a movie about old Hollywood, and he made it like an old Hollywood movie, and they're going to eat that shit up. <laughs> I think you're thinking about the Oscars, but because uh, there's some nom- there's some very uh, shoddy nominations this year when it comes to certain things. For the Oscars, they didn't release no, the nominations for the Golden yet. Globes. For the Golden Globes. Oh. Yeah, but I don't know. I think I think even the Golden Globes, they'll give it to Fincher. They're like, oh, old Hollywood. And he made it like an old Hollywood. Oh. I mean, it's a very well-directed movie, but I think that's what's going to give it to him. Is, okay. is But, I mean, maybe maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe Chloe, Chloe Zhao. Listen, it's Who a toss-up. It's hard to... It's hard to Who this knows? is one of those... Maybe Promising Young Woman will uh, shock us all. As Emerald gets on stage and goes, Woo! <laughs> doesn't matter though, because it's a it, it because you know what, women directors everywhere are looking at this list and going, Woo! Yeah. So Best a... supporting actress, motion picture, Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman, The Father, Jodie Foster, The um, Mar Marit, I I'm not pronouncing this so. Martian and Nun. Something like that. Yeah. Um, Amanda uh, Seyfried, Mank, and Helena Zengel, News of the World. I mean, I feel like you would know that Amanda Seyfried will take this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Although, the girl from News of the World is could also get it. Do you think so? And Olivia she Coleman's was... always, always a threat. Because she's just yeah. a powerhouse and everything she does. She is. I think. I think though. I think it. Coleman's always could always scoop up an award, but I think this year um, it would be an upset. I think it's. Sefried's the favorite, but I wouldn't. I I think Sefried's the favorite, but um, Helena's a dark horse. She could win. I think so. But she is very young, so. I think that's. I think that'll. They'll either give it to her because she's very young and very good, or they won't give it to her because, despite being very good, she's very young. Mm-hmm. And they'll think, oh well, you know, she's very young, career ahead of her, but who knows? Either way, one of these women will be blonde and win an award and go. Woo! Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Best supporting actor, motion picture: Sasha Baron Cohen, Trial of Chicago Seven. Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya? Is it Kaluuya or Kaluuya? Kaluuya, I think. Kaluuya. I always, I, I always say, I always say Kaluuya, and then I realize there's a Y. Yeah. Uh, uh, for uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, Jared Leto for The Little Things, Bill Murray on The Rocks, and Leslie Odom Jr. One Night in Miami. Now I haven't seen Judas and the Black Messiah, but I hear great things about. I mean Daniel Same. Kaluuya. So. Same. That's I what think, I'm, I'm hearing is that he's the best uh, choice in this category. I think it's I would... between I think it's between him and Sasha. You think so? I think so. 
I mean, I would love Sasha to pick up a fucking award. I think it's between Daniel and Sasha, uh, with Bill Murray being a um, dark horse. I just have, you know, I just think uh, Golden Globes love true stories, and that's and I, I that's why I think that Bill all Murray's awards, not... all awards committees love true stories. I just think that it's it's going to go to either Leslie Odom Jr. or Daniel Kaluuya. You think? Yeah. I think it's going to Daniel or Sasha. Okay, so Daniel it is. Um, <laughs> does that make sense, right? <laughs> I guess. If, if Yeah. To us, it makes sense. Yeah. We gave this award at the Bishop Awards to Jim Carrey, who unfortunately was not nominated, which is not yeah, a but, but But the thing is, we didn't have access to these movies at the time of the Bishop Awards, so they were not eligible that's for true the, for last year's Bishop Awards. I also think that even if we had, I still would have given it to Jim Carrey. Yeah. I just I watched Sonic again like a week or two ago, and I fully stand behind our decision to give Jim Carrey that award. Oh, he's just so good. He's so good, he's, dude. He's so good. Um, he makes me go. Woo! <laughs> anyway, next? best actress, motion picture, comedy. Uh, Maria Bakalova, Borat, subsequent movie film, and I don't have to read the rest. No, no. Maybe once. <clears throat> Kate, Maybe Kate, once. H- Kate Hudson, music. Michelle Pfeiffer, French exit. Rosamund Pike, I care a lot. Anya Taylor-Joy, Emma. Can I just say, um, what is music? Music is something you listen to, and it gives you emotions? No, the movie. Oh, I have no idea. But Kate Hudson's in it, and she's nominated for an award. That she's going to lose to Maria Bakalova. You're damn right she is. Yeah. Kazakhstan's across the world will go, Woo! God, I feel like I, I'd be a proud fucking papa, even though, like, I'm the same age as her. Because, <laughs> like, I'm so fucking happy that she's being is recognized she, for... Is she the same age as us? Like, I don't know, dude. Is she actually from Kazakhstan? No, she's, she's Bulgarian. She's 96. Oh my god. She she's a year, she's only a year older than us. Yeah. Why you thought she was younger? That's crazy. I hate it when uh I I I find out someone very famous and successful is like around our age and I'm like, "Wow. That could have been me, but it never could have been me because they're so much more talented than me." <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. Right? Like, I'm looking at Tom Holland, who is my age. I'm thinking, wow, man. That could have been me, but it couldn't have, because he's so much better at everything than I am. Okay. You know, uh, tell me how you feel about the next category that you're about to mention. Best actor, motion picture comedy? Yeah. Okay, Sasha Baron Cohen, Borat, James Corden. Fucking James Corden. The Prom. This whole award show is tainted just because James Corden is not just nominated, but just the fact that he's going to be in the audience. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Hamilton, uh, Dev Patel, The Personal History of David Copperfield, and Andy Samberg, Palm Springs. This is a... I think it's a little dubious that Lin-Manuel Miranda is nominated for Hamilton, considering that wasn't really a movie. It was just a filmed version of them doing a play on stage. Yeah, it's, it's a little confusing. Like it's, that's, that's it's it's not a movie. Like it's not a movie version of Hamilton. They literally just did the play 
on a stage as a play, filmed it, and released it on Disney+. Plus. That's not a movie. No, I know. But it doesn't matter because Andy Samberg is going to win. I hope you're right. He's such he's so lovely. He's so lovely in that movie. He's just fantastic and he's going to win and I'm going to go woo. And you know, he's such a goofball that he's also probably going to get up there and go woo. And I wouldn't be mad if Sasha Baron Cohen won this either. Because No, uh, but it, it's going to be Andy Samberg. Probably, yeah. Okay, Best Actress, Motion Picture, Drama, Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, uh, Andre Day, The United States vs. Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand, Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Okay, so this is Carrie Mulligan's award. I think, I think so. I think so. Again, I haven't seen this movie, but, from, but I'm going to watch it. Uh, but from what I've heard, this is her award to lose. Okay. I'll trust you. But I wouldn't be surprised if they gave it to Frances McDormand. Yeah, I mean, she's great in everything as well. And yeah, Viola but... Davis is also always great. Yeah, but I think this is I think this is Carrie Mulligan's to lose. Okay, well, I'll trust you. Okay. And you know what? If I'm wrong, that's fine. But if I'm right, then... Woo! Okay. Okay. Uh, best actor, motion picture, drama. Uh, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Music, Chadwick Boseman, Sound Ma Rainey's Black. Oh yeah, Sound of Metal. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Sound of Music because uh, Christopher Plummer died today. Yeah, God rest his. Uh, it's a very sad day. Very sad day. Rest in peace. Um, Riz Ahmed, uh, Med, Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Oldman, Mank, uh, Tahar, Rahim, The uh, Marshina. Okay. I'm so sorry. I'm not. I'm sorry. I, I'm not gonna ever pronounce that properly no matter how hard I try here's the thing I mean it's a shame that this might this award might be by haters might be tainted because they're like oh they're just going to give it to Bozeman because he he passed away this year Chad McBozeman would have won this award if he was alive or dead the sadly person... sadly he's dead but and I think everybody who's seen this movie can attest Chadwick Boseman, there is no universe in which he doesn't win this award for this movie. There just isn't I one. I mean, Anthony Hopkins could win this award. Mark, mark my words. He's uh, he plays a father that's dealing with, I believe, Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's, um, and that's always, you know, the the uh, the Academy and the uh, Golden Globes always love someone with a disability playing, like you know. Well, I wouldn't uh, call Alzheimer's a disability. It's you a, know what had, I mean. It's it's like, not a disability. It's a, a terrible, disease, terrible disease. A disease or disability, like uh, you know, uh, Eddie Redmayne playing Stephen Hawking's or Kate uh, Blanchett playing someone with uh, in a uh, Blue Jasmine or uh, what are some other ones that have won recently? Just a lot of uh, disability or disease-ridden characters, you know. Simple so, Jack. You know, I, I think, but if it doesn't go to Chadwick Boseman, um, fuck the world. Fuck the gold. Yeah, it's, it's it's going to Chadwick Boseman, and it would have gone to Chadwick Boseman if he hadn't have died. And if he hadn't have died, I'm sure he would have given us um, many, many more award-worthy performances. Mm -hmm. And it makes me sad that he won't. So let's move on.
Uh, best limited series or TV movie? Normal People, Small Axe, The Queen's Gambit, The Undoing, Unorthodox. This is Queen's Gambit to lose. Absolutely. Okay, it's Queen's Gambit. Sexy Chess. Everybody go. Woo! Best TV series drama. The Crown, Lovecraft Country, The Mandalorian, Ozark, and Ratchet. Can I just say how uh, how monumental it is that a science fiction series is nominated for best drama? Is that... What are you talking about? Lovecraft Country? No, Mandalorian. Oh, I think it's wonderful. I think it's uh, fantastic, but I... I this is like this is huge because all awards, um, you know, academies, you know, the Globes, the Oscars, whatever, they fucking hate genre. So yeah, the fact that's why that they the were boys like, isn't nominated. Yeah, yeah, no, they hate genre. They always have. They hate it so much that they knew they had they had no choice but to nominate The Martian. So they were like, but it's sci-fi and we hate genre, so we're gonna make it a comedy. <laughs> Right, so the fact that Mandalorian is nominated for Best Drama is huge. Mm-hmm. But my vote is for Ozark. Probably, but I always think that um, the Golden Globes love giving this shit to new shows. So, so that's Lovecraft why think, Country? So that's why I'm leaning towards Lovecraft Country. I wouldn't, listen, if Lovecraft Country or The Mandalorian win, I wouldn't complain at all. I just think out of, out of all these shows, Ozark was the strongest one this year. But... Um, Basically, if any of those three shows wins, I'll be going. Woo! I don't care about the crowner, and I hear Ratchet is terrible, actually, so I don't know why. It's <laughs> nom- Everybody I've heard that watched it has said it's horrendous, so I don't know why it's nominated, but whatever. And like Better Call, Better Call Saul isn't. <laughs> anyway, best TV series, comedy. Emily in Paris, The Flight Attendant. Again, I don't know why The Flight Attendant is a comedy, but whatever. Uh, the Great, Schitt's Creek, and Ted Lasso. This is a two-horse race, my man. Oh, I, Which I horse believe. are you betting on? I mean, I stand so firmly in Ted Lasso's camp. I agree, but I think they're going to give it to Schitt's Creek, and I'm going to tell you why. Why? Because they can give Ted Lasso this award next year, and they cannot give it to Schitt's Creek next year or That's ever true. again. That's true. So, and I, I mean, obviously, this last season was supposedly the best season in Schitt's Creek. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I think... If either of them win, absolutely deserving and absolutely the right choice. Um, I would love nothing more than for Ted Lasso. If Ted Lasso wins, I'll be going woo. Woo! Um, but I think they're going to give it to Shit's Creek because uh, they'll never be able to again. So all the Canadians, you know what to do. Woo! Okay, <laughs> here we go. Best motion picture, musical or comedy? Borat. Hamilton, again, Hamilton is not really a movie. Uh, music, Palm Springs and the Prom. Palm Springs, Palm Springs all the way. Can this I was just say ar- that music has a 3.6 on IMDb. Does it really? Yeah, and I'm going to go over to, I'm going to boopity boop Rotten Tomatoes. Boop boop to Rotten Tomatoes. You, just to show you how the fuck this movie has even made the list. Okay, here we go. You ready? Do it. It has a 29% uh, Rotten Tomato meter. There's only seven reviews, but still 29%. I don't, I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter. It's not going to win. Palm Springs all the way, baby. Yeah. Palm Springs all the way. Um, 
This I'll was be our... mad if Borat won, but Palm Springs no. was so pa- Palm Springs, I think, it, yeah, it's Palm Springs. This was our winner for the the Bishop Award for Best Picture, like out of every genre. So that's how uh, that's how highly we think of it. So Palm Springs, it's mm-hmm. Palm, it's if if anything other than Palm Springs wins this, it's a failure. But it's gonna be Palm Springs, and Andy Samberg is gonna be on that stage for the second time tonight, or th- on the night, and he's gonna be going woo all night long. Okay, best motion picture drama: The Father, Mank, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Trial of Chicago Seven. I think this would go with any one of these. Yeah, but it'll probably go to Nomadland. I hear that is an incredible movie. Yeah. I I, I don't know if I can pick. It's a very tough. It, I could see like there's a uh uh, I can see each one of these movies winning. I mean, I I completely agree, but so I think I think everybody's gonna be going. Woo! Here's but what I put, th- I just want to put, a, put one... if you if you put a gun to my head and told me pick your prediction, then I'm saying I'm saying shoot me. I can't do it. Uh, you know, if you put a gun to my head, I'd say a lot of times it is hard to go. You know, tiff is a big thing. Yeah. In in Toronto and all in the in the movie industry, it's a massive thing. It's a massive predictor. For, John, I'm in uh, I'm in film school. I'm well aware of TIFF. No, I know, I know. And Nomadland won People's Choice this year. That's true. So, with that being said, a lot of times People's Choice leads to an automatic nomination, pretty much. Um, I think I I think if you put a gun to my head, I'd say Nomadland. So. Okay. I think if you put a gun in my head, make your prediction. Trial of Chicago Seven. Okay. However, either one of those are, are are great choices too. I mean, I think Promising Young Woman has a good chance. Like once I see it, I might change my mind, and and that would might uh, be my prediction. I'm gonna uh, sit down and watch all these movies. I hear very good things, but uh, except for the music, except for music, don't watch that movie. It's got a three point six. The only music I'm gonna be spending time with is the Foo Fighters' new album, Medicine at Midnight. Or the prom. How is how is James Corden nominated? I mean, I don't. I like James Corden. I know Matt hates him. I think he's entertaining, but he's every movie he's in is terrible. Yeah, because um, he's terrible. I think the only reason he's nominated is somehow Meryl Streep is so good of an actress that somehow she made James Corden appear to be not terrible. Yeah, but how is she not nominated for this movie that's been? How is he nominated I, and she not? That's just the... I know. We nominated her literally just for being Meryl Streep. Yeah. And it's it's illegal to not nominate Meryl Streep for an award. She's so been I don't nominated know. 37, 38 times, goddammit. I, I don't know how they're getting away with this. Goddamn Academy privilege. Oh, God. Anyway... That's the Golden Globe nominations and our predictions. Yeah. If you want to yeah. win some money on the night, follow those predictions because we know our shit here. Yeah, and then you'll be going. Woo! Exactly. But that does it for hot takes. Um, so let's get on to the main topic of the of the evening or afternoon or morning or in between time, depending on whenever you're listening to this. Um, Jonah, did you prepare? For the main I'm topic, because because I know I'm sometimes prepared. you don't 
I know sometimes you don't prepare for these things. I prepared a bit, but I because of a adjustment of things that happen, plans for the future of this podcast. Excuse me. Um, I, a lot of my predictions, a lot of my dream matchups, um, have been pushed aside. But I've come up with some, a few other ones that I. Well, think these aren't dream. Really well, fun. first of all, let's let's tell the people what we're doing. Um, in honor of the Godzilla vs Kong trailer that dropped uh, a couple weeks ago, um, which by the way is a fantastic trailer. Um, we thought it'd be fun to go over. Uh, what we think are the best crossover fights in history, right? So the next one, Godzilla's going to be fighting Kong, but this isn't the first time that two uh, big characters have crossed over and fought each other, and we're going to be going over the best ones. So these are oh, fights that actually happened. I uh, mis- I mis- uh, in- misinterpreted the, the subject. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> What did you think we were doing? I thought it was best dream fight crossovers. No, it was best crossover fights. So they you know, like, had they had to happen. You know, like Mr. Fantastic versus Miss Miss Marvel. You know. Yeah, no, that's a dream fight. I the word dream was nowhere in. I... When I told you what we were doing, I not once did I use the word dream. God damn. Well, it's a good thing I prepared more than I had to. Okay, I'll just. Um, I mean, I, I can I can come up with I can look up some stuff. Okay. No, no, go over that's your fine. First. I have a I have a I have a nice list. I think I think my list is enough. I'm so sorry, dude. That's okay. That's okay. But uh, you gotta. <laughs> yo, make I was sure so. You... I, I was so happy. I was like, yo, remember when that uh, Floyd Mayweather with Conor McGregor? Imagine Ash Ketchum versus Yu-Gi-Oh, but they'd have to do each other's fucking battle, like Pokemon battle and then a Yu-Gi-Oh battle. It would be Look, fucking sick. That's a great topic for another day, but not today because, you know, Godzilla versus Kong is actually happening. So we have to we're talking about fights that actually happened. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. Okay. Um, first off, I want to start off with some honorable mentions that, uh, just for whatever reason, which I will explain, uh, did not make the cut. Uh, Super Smash Bros. does not count because it is everybody versus everybody, and it's not a specific fight. Mm-hmm. But it's great nonetheless. Same. This is the same thing. Marvel vs. Capcom doesn't count because it's not a specific character versus a specific character. It's just everybody fighting every which way. Uh, same thing with Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, um, and the comic book. Uh, there was once a Marvel DC comic book crossover where a bunch of characters fought, but uh, it was just too many. So we're not counting it. It's gonna have to be one-on-one fights. God, or, I'm so fucking stupid. In one case, I have a triple threat match. Okay. Okay, but uh, you can't talk about uh, fictional character crossover fights without mentioning Batman v Superman. The greatest, greatest DC movie. <laughs> oh yeah, some people will tell you this thing is a cinematic masterpiece and is the greatest thing to ever happen to the media of film, and um, other people are sane. <laughs> um, but this is certainly a fight that happened. 
um, and a fight that ended when they realized they both their moms both had the same name. And they became best friends, and they frolicked through rainbow fields and flower patches. Um, this is on you your never... honorable mentions, correct? No, this is on the actual list, because this actually okay. happened. No, um, did you, you never saw this movie, correct? I, I feel like I did see this movie, but I tried to erase it from my fucking memory banks. Because it's that's... such a fucking stain on my, on my movie-watching experience. That's that's you're very lucky because I have not forgotten this and um, and I just want to say also um, I I very much enjoy doing this podcast but I I really hate the fact that I'm gonna have to watch the Snyder Cut of Justice League so we can talk this? about it on the podcast. You can watch it for the both of us. I knew you would say that. No no I'll watch it but it's four hours of my time that I'm never gonna get back. I know I don't. I haven't I, even watched the original Justice League so I have nothing to compare it to. You're not missing much. <laughs> um, and yet somehow I think the Snyder Cut will be worse. Okay. you got to tell me because I'll, I'll watch it. I'm sorry. There's no way it can be worse. I think it'll be just as bad. I, 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 I'm morbidly curious that to see, like, but there's no way in hell it's better. I'm sorry. There just isn't. It might be more coherent, but there's no way in hell it's a better movie. It'll be either equally bad or worse. Most likely worse. I'm sorry, but it's a four-hour movie. With like 800 characters. It's a four-hour movie <laughs> that still is t- isn't long enough to fit everything that's in it. So how is that possible, to make a four-hour movie that's still, too ju- that's still jumbled and not coherent? You're right. But that's what's going right. to happen. Okay, forget about this. But Batman vs. Superman, it's a thing that happened... I mean, some of the stuff in the fight was cool, but it really wasn't good. It kind of made Superman look like an idiot. Um, because there's a part where he like Batman like shoots him with like a he's got like a grenade launcher with fucking like kryptonite gas grenades, and he shoots Superman, and that like wears his powers off for like a minute and a half at best. And in that minute, Batman does not win the fight. Superman gets his powers back, sees Batman reloading the gun, and instead of being like, oh, I'm Superman, I can get over there and punch his fucking head off before he reloads that gun and shoots me again. Does Superman do that? No. Superman lets him reload and lets him shoot him again. Superman's a fucking (laughs) idiot. It's such a fantastic movie. Also, like, at the beginning of the fight, like, Batman has this trap set up with, like, these, like, spray canisters that spray Superman with fucking kryptonite. And, like, they're not, they're, they're just, like, there. Like, Superman has x-ray vision. How would you use it, buddy? Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, I, you know what, I, I, listen, I love Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill's an excellent guy. Great Superman. Um, potential. Great Superman potential. I think if they gave him a good script, he'd be like b- the best Superman that we've ever had. They haven't done that yet. I mean, he's a great actor. He is. I, I like him. Anyway, let's get on to some good crossover fights. Yeah, why don't you uh, tell me because I uh, fucked up. Yeah. Okay, well, good is relative in this next case. Uh, Freddy Krueger versus Jason Voorhees. This, this was a uh... thing that happened. 
in the movie yeah, Freddy vs. Jason, in which at the end of the movie they became best friends after they realized their moms had the same name. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that happened. No, but, that didn't uh, happen. One of them got their head chopped off. I didn't see this movie because I stopped watching Friday the 13th after the first one. Really? Uh, Why? You don't like Friday the 13th? I don't know. I just never... I mean, eventually I'll sit down and watch like a bunch of them like I have for a lot of these horror movies. Have you seen uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? Oh, like a while ago. Wow. Like six, seven years ago. Um, This is... um. No, this isn't a good mo- this isn't a good movie either. I'm sorry. It's kind of dumb. I guess it's like it's entertaining, I guess, but it's not a good movie. But it's it's bad in a good way, I guess. I guess. If you I mean it was it's not necessary. No. But well, basically the movie's about like 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 the basically what happens is um the kids of like Elm Street or whatever town they live in have like they're not afraid of Freddy anymore. So he's like losing his powers. Right, so Freddy manipulates Jason into killing them all, cause he can only kill them in in their dreams, right? But like, like he he doesn't have that power anymore, cause they're not afraid of him, right? So he manipulates Jason into killing them all, which gives makes them afraid, which gives him power to then kill them. But then like they the kids like figure out what's happening, and then like so at the very end, Freddy and Jason fight. And then, like, Freddy wins in the dream world, but then he gets sucked into the real world where he's, like, vulnerable and Jason cuts his head off. It's not good, they have but... a decisive winner. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do have a decisive winner. Well, the director of Godzilla vs. Kong says that they will also have a decisive winner, but uh, we all know that they're still going to become friends by the end of the movie. And Mechagodzilla will make an appearance because we know our shit here on Culture Pop yeah, with yeah. Hunter Bishop. Yeah, like, I'm sure they will be a decisive winner of the fight. <coughs> Kong, it'll be Kong. Um, and then they'll become friends and team up and fight uh, Doomsday. I mean, uh, Mechagodzilla. <laughs> okay. God, I'm so fucking stupid. I'll say it after every single one. I'm so fucking stupid. Yeah. Mechagodzilla will almost defeat them, and then Mothra will come in at the end, and then Godzilla and King Kong will look at each other and be like, and Mothra will be there in the middle of them, and then, and then Godzilla, Godzilla, like, will, it, Godzilla will be like, she with you, and King Kong will be like, I thought she was with you. And then they use the golden rule and have a massive fucking three-way. That's Godzilla XXX version. You know what? I'm sure that's going to be a thing. Oh, absolutely. Anyway, it's just a dude in like a reptar suit. <laughs> I've seen I I've seen some shit where there's I, dinosaurs. Okay, so. I don't want to know. Nobody wants to know. This is a family podcast. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Okay, the next one, another one that didn't need to happen and also isn't good at all, is Alien vs Predator. Yep, I see that. I see that. Now I see that. Have you and, seen uh, Alien vs Predator? I have not seen Alien vs Predator. I've seen first two Aliens. Uh, yeah. And the fir- and and uh, what fuck? What's the movie called with Predator in it? Predator. Predator. That's right. Predator, and then there's Predator Two, um, and then there's Predators, and then there's the Predator. God, these fucking um, movie titles. Because it's Alien, then Aliens. Then Alien then Three. A- then Aliens Cubed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It doesn't matter. Um, a- Alien versus Predator is not good, and the humans win. Yeah. So there. Listen. Okay. Next one. Um, 
hap isn't a didn't like it's not its own movie, but it it happened inside of a movie. Uh, we had Hulk versus Thor in Thor Ragnarok. God, that made I I love that fight. It's a good fight. You know, we also had Hulk versus Thor in the first Avengers movie. It so is a we good had fight. It's a good throwdown in both of them, but I I I I like their fight in Ragnarok in the in the gladiator battle arena. That's a good fight. It really is, and I love the the story. You know how it's like um a wrestling wrestlers two great wrestlers telling their story. Yeah, in the ring. yeah, and it's and so, I love so well. I love how at the end of the fight they become friends after they realize their moms have the same name. <laughs> they really do. They really do. Yeah. Uh, next one, also from the Avengers, uh, Iron Man versus Captain America. Sorry, what? Who? Iron Man versus who? Uh, Captain America. I don't know who Captain America is. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Iron Man versus Captain America. That's better. I know who that guy is. Yeah. That happened on multiple occasions, actually. Um, the biggest one being uh, Civil War, obviously. They had he had, they had that. Uh, it was actually a double team. Uh, Cap and Bucky double teamed Iron Man. It was a handicap match. Yeah, double fucked him, and Iron Man got the shit beat out of him. I saw that one. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then they became friends at the end when they realized their moms have the same name. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good fight too. But uh, I think this next one is actually one of my favorite um, Marvel uh, superhero fights, and that's Ant Man versus Falcon. Remember this? Oh, in uh, in the I just watched this rec- like Ant Man recently. Um, yeah. And this scene, it's just so great. Cause it is good. I, Paul Rudd is so good. He's such a fucking gem. He is. But you know this that? fight in particular, I like because it's something like nobody would ever think. Nobody ever would ever think that they want to see Ant Man fight Falcon, and then they give you Ant Man Falcon, and it's like the best superhero fight. Yeah, you think that Ant Man's like useless against other superheroes, but guess what? He can go inside their anus, and that's exactly what he did against Falcon. Yeah. He inside Falcon's asshole. And tore some some intestines apart, right? Like I like this fight too because it's like it's not even a fight. Like this is a one-sided beatdown that Ant-Man gives Falcon. Yeah. And it's a good way to let people like, oh, you think Ant-Man's powers are useless? Look, he just fucking he could have killed Falcon. He could have. Right. <laughs> if he just like, went up the asshole, he decided he didn't yeah. go up the asshole. He went. If you you guys all know, he went up. Yeah. He went into the uh, Falcon's wings. Yeah. Um. But no, it's good that. Uh, but by the end of the movie, they became friends again when they realized their bombs have the same name. Crazy. It's crazy I know. It's... <laughs> it's so crazy, man. I can't believe it. Yeah, but yeah. So Ant Man won in a, It was a squash match. He cut a promo. Woo! Anyway. I'm so sorry. The best part about it is him apologizing the whole time. Yeah. Um, I'm because... sorry. I don't. I'm sorry about this. <laughs> but it's, he's such a. He's just such a gem. I love that man. I love how literally, like, while he's fighting, he's like, "Listen, man, I'm a fan." <laughs> God, he's so good. Such yeah. a great movie. Underrated Ant Man. Yeah, but here we go. Triple threat match happened in the first Avengers. Uh, Iron Man versus Thor versus Captain America. Oh, I remember this in the forest, right? In the forest. This was a good fight too. In the forest, went out back behind the school in the forest. Yeah. Um, this was a good fight. I remember at the end how like um, Thor's Thor hit uh, Cap's shield with his hammer, 
and there's like a giant fucking shockwave through the whole forest, and then they were like, we should probably stop fighting. I think our moms all have the same name. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, dude. (laughs) But that was a good fight. It was a good fight. You had me in the first half, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. Um... Okay, here, well, you might not know about this one, but uh, Terminator versus RoboCop is a thing that happened. Uh, not in not in movies, but uh, in the video games. Um, back on the SNES and the Genesis, there was a video game called Terminator versus RoboCop. Each console had a slightly different game, uh, but where you played as um, Terminator and RoboCop. Um, and, you know, they, they weren't getting along, man. This was like the biggest. This I was had like no fucking idea. This, this was like this is like the crossover, like of the eighties. <laughs> I right? mean, why not? Yeah, why right? not? They both are have ro- are robot centered, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so RoboCop wasn't wasn't getting along with Skynet, right? And obviously the Terminator is Skynet, so yeah. I think you, know, uh, you ever look at something and you're like, yeah, that. That didn't need to happen. I mean, none of these needed. (laughs) None of these needed to happen, but it's good that they did. That's true. Maybe that's the point of the list, right? Yeah, but yeah. So Terminator v RoboCop. It's a thing that happened in video game form uh, on the SNES and the Sega Genesis. Each version was different, um, but uh, in each versions, they become friends at the end when they realize their bonds have the same name. Jesus Christ. You're going to punch that? You're going to beat a dead horse again? <laughs> I mean, Matt Matt is very good at beating a dead horse till it comes back to life, and then it becomes funny again. Yeah, man. That's 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 the classic... That's a classic um, comedy method. Is uh, there's, there's two main rules to comedy. Rule number one is the rule of threes. I mean, um, I, think, I think that the more you... Like, you don't... As long as it's not expected... It remains funny what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. But the number one rule of comedy is the rule of threes. And the number two rule of comedy is if you do something long enough, it's no longer funny. But then if you keep doing it, eventually it becomes funny again. Sometimes it becomes actually funnier than it was before. It's true. Yeah. Um. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you just learned the two rules of comedy. Woo! That fucking too. That too, bro. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you okay? Everybody, this is this is the fight of the century right here. Mario, Mario versus Sonic the Hedgehog. At the yeah. Olympic Games. When they went to the Olympics and Mario beat Sonic in the hundred meter dash, crazy. Can you believe that? I know. But then Sonic came back and beat Mario at the long jump. How the fuck is, is this possible? I know. Like, they went at it, man. At every Olympics, too. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, they're still going at it. Incredible. I mean, l- listen, they... these two these two have been passive-aggressively fighting since the 90s. So it was only a matter of time before they took out their aggression, like, actually, and, and did something like this. So, uh, so they man, they went to the Olympics. They even went to the Olympics this year in Japan. Yeah. I think it's in, it's in Japan, right? Maybe China. Can't yeah. Remember. And... It, no, they did. The the Jap the Olympics in Tokyo. And that hasn't even happened yet. It got postponed. But they somehow still made it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that's how eternal their rivalry really is. Yeah. 
Good for them. Good for them. Love those two. Yeah, and it's good that uh, it, it's good that um, they were able to let it out through sporting instead of fighting like all these other people on all these lists. Yeah. yeah. And then of course when the Olympics so were angry. yeah, and of course when the Olympics were over, they became friends when they realized their moms had the same name. <laughs> and what what name is that, Matt? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yeah, Elizabeth. Elizabeth Hello. Mario and and Elizabeth. The hedgehog. The hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell me if you remember this one. Tell me if you remember this one, okay? Okay. Donald Duck versus Daffy Duck. Yeah, this was in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's right, but they weren't fighting. They were having a good old-fashioned piano battle. I mean, Donald Duck and Daffy Duck, I always get confused with the two. Then I realize Daffy Duck is Bugs Bunny. And that was one of my favorite shows as a child. Daffy Duck is the better duck. Oh, you can, I mean you can under you can understand him. But this is the thing though. There's so many different Donalds, right? Because technically, like Donald Duck is like he's Scrooge McDuck. There's Darkwing yeah. Duck. Yeah, I always thought that I always these get confused are, with Donald are, Duck because. Yeah, these are all basically like like descendants or relatives or different versions of Donald. But if we're going straight Donald versus Daffy, it's Daffy every time. I'm sorry. Well, in, in terms, but Daffy always gets trolled and um, somehow he always loses. Does he lose in this? Because I haven't I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this in a while, so I don't remember who wins. But I do know when it's over, they both become friends because they realize their moms have the same name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their last name is Duck after all, so. Yeah. So maybe their fathers are also the same. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this next one, these next two actually are not uh, fictional characters, but uh, I, I, I think they're great crossover fights none the, nonetheless, because Bruce Lee versus Chuck Norris is a thing that happened in a movie. I mean, I don't, do I don't think hear one? people saying, I don't hear people, I mean, obviously Ch- Chuck Norris lost, but yeah, that's just did. fake news, because uh, Chuck Norris has myths written about him. Bruce Lee, not so much. This is true. But it's okay, because at the end they realize their moms had the same name. They became friends. That's right. Yeah. It's just because Bruce... It's like, you know, in Star Wars, are there... Uh, like, the the Sith are cooler. Their powers are better. But they always lose, because they have to lose to the Jedi. Yeah. But then, obviously... Um, Palpatine and Luke become friends because they realize their mom had the same name. That's that's the, that's the same reason why Chuck Norris has to lose to yeah. Bruce Lee is because he plays the villain. But we all know he kicked Bruce Lee's ass. I don't know actually. Do you That'd think he great... Do you think he cliff boothed it? I maybe. It's just because Chuck Norris is is bigger and there's nothing wrong with and he has the talent. He actually kicks your ass, right? Back in his yeah. heyday. Um, God, I'm just so upset at myself because I had like Jason Bourne versus John Wick. I was so happy. You know, that would have been a great battle. And, you know, but, that's a that's a different topic for a different podcast. God, stupid. So and listen, stupid. Listen, when Hunter gives you the go-ahead for that topic, you'll be going, Woo! Okay. <laughs> uh, John, have you seen The Expendables? 
I have seen the Expendables. Have you seen the Expendables too? Oh, good, because then you know that uh, Sylvester Stallone fights Jean-Claude Van Damme in Expendables 2. Yeah, that's my favorite line when he goes, don't challenge me. <laughs> that's my favorite line in movie history. Don't challenge me. <laughs> Is it really? No, I, but I say it all the time. I really do. <laughs> don't challenge me? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I, lo- I love Jean-Claude Van Damme. Have you... <laughs> There's a movie, there's a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Time Cop. Have you seen Time Cop? No, I have not. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so there's a there's a line in Time Cop, right? And Jean-Claude Van Damme, so the way he says it, the line is, there is never enough time. <laughs> it's so good. There is, there is never enough time. But yeah, so Jean-Claude Van Damme and so has a Sloan fight, and... It, same principle, because Jean-Claude Van Damme's the bad guy, he has to lose, even though in any real fight he would destroy Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. God, he would just... I mean... And look, I I think Sylvester Stallone might actually be, like, trained in boxing, but I'm sorry. Like, he wouldn't even get close to Jean-Claude Van Damme before he roundhouse kicked his face off. Yeah, oh my god. Jean-Claude Van Damme's legs go on forever, dude. Oh my god, they do. You do not want to challenge him. Yeah, do not challenge Jean-Claude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we should okay. make that a sound effect. What? Don't challenge me. Yeah. We, we have the budget. We have the budget. Okay. We anyway, have the budget now. last fight is uh, we're bringing it back around. This is all in honor of Godzilla vs Kong. Well, I don't know if you knew this, Jonah, but they fought once before on film in the movie King Kong vs Godzilla in no 1962. Way. And it's I amazing. I won because he comes second in the title, right? Well, I just want to tell you how great this fight is because it's two men in rubber suits hugging each other, fighting. I'm watching it right now. 30 <laughs> seconds. Um, oh my God, he, King Kong picks up a rock, throws it at Godzilla. Godzilla bros, blows his atomic breath. And uh, this is fantastic. It's so good. Um, well... There's no definitive winner in this one, but it, it it appears as though King Kong wins because at the end of the movie they're like in the water, but then only King Kong emerges, so it appears as though he won. But a lot of people say Godzilla just swam away because he's Godzilla and he can swim and he can just swim away. Um, so my theory is that while they were underwater, they realized that their moms both had the same name and they became friends. Yeah, I saw that uh, Godzilla's atomic breath caught. Uh... King Kong's suit on fire. Or Scorch's suit a little bit. Yeah. Great fight. Great fight. Excellent fight. But, Looking uh... Looking forward to the new one. Me too. Um... I wasn't, uh... I wasn't a big fan of the newer Godzilla movies, but, uh... I really enjoyed, uh... Kong Skull Island. But, uh... This, this, this looks fantastic. Yeah. And then, after King Kong beats, uh... Godzilla, he's going to be like, next time, don't challenge me. <laughs> God, that's that's going to be a thing next week. God, yeah. to Godzilla's going to Godzilla's gonna lose, right? And then King Kong will be like, okay, that will teach you not to challenge me. And then Godzilla will be like, save Mothra. Godzilla. <laughs> King Kong will be like, why did you say that name? And then they'll become friends. Because their mothers have the same name. Yeah, and then neither will challenge the other again. Exactly. But they'll both challenge Mecha Godzilla, who is most definitely in the movie. Yeah. 
but that does it for almost our, certainly. That does it for our crossover fights. Yeah. So sad that I'm so stupid. That's okay, Jonah. Let's cheer you up. Woo! Thank you. Really help. Yeah. We won't, I mean, we're just so so excited that we have the soundboard now that we can do this, that we're overusing it. But as we get into the rhythm of season two, because yeah. this is the premiere after all, and yeah, a lot after of our, have changed. After a very long extended hiatus. That, like, we'll get used to it and we'll use it in appropriate places and not just try to use it every time we can. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, just a bit for this episode. It's the cupcake. It's the, uh, what is it? Cupcake phase of, you know. Honeymoon phase? Honeymoon, that's what it is. Yes, We're just, honeymoon. Uh, I love it, so I'm excited. Yeah, um, you know, because when Hunter told us that the budget was up and we had this new live soundboard, you know, it, it just made me go, Woo! And we're excited for all the stuff that we're going to bring to the soundboard. Yeah. Because uh, we got ideas. And again, it's going to make it's going to make I edit these and this is going to make it so much easier because I don't have to add these things in in post. I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm so lazy. So but anyway, <laughs> Aren't we uh, all? yeah, um, those are the fights. So uh, let's move on. And that calls for a transition. I like that because it's just long enough that you think, is this going to go on forever? And then it ends. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that, actually. I first heard that song in class. Our professor showed us an example of a student film as a bad example of what kind of movie not to make. And, and it was that just, had it. That was the background music that was looping through the entire movie. It was this student film, and I'm sorry if you're the person who made this listening to this, but it was not good. Um, <laughs> um, it was called Procrastination, and it was literally just about this girl who has an essay to write, and she's not doing it, and that's it. But there's no story or anything. There's no arc. There's no plot. It's literally just her doing things other than her essay. But it's never like we're never told how long she has to do it. We're never told what the deadline is. Like nothing. So like, it could be due in three weeks for all we know, and she's not really procrastinating. <laughs> so who gives a, who gives a fuck? So it's just images of her. Like she'll she's it starts out at her doing her essay, and then she just closes her laptop, and the rest of the movie is like, oh, here's her watching t- a Korean soap opera you know here's her taking a shower here's her you know eating some noodles and this whole song it's just that playing throughout the entire thing in the background and it's so bad the whole class was laughing at it but and we couldn't get this song out of our heads and i finally tracked it down and i was like i have to use this for something eventually in my life and then hunter was like hey i'm starting a podcast i was like bro bro you gotta put this song in it he's like well, maybe i'll use it for transitions and it works perfectly yeah um the actual song is longer than that clip, but I shortened it. But anyway, um, we have more stuff to talk about. Do we now? We do. Uh, and let's start off um, with uh, what happened uh, this past week. The Royal Rumble happened with uh, two Rumble matches, a women's match and a men's match. Um, these were both, on the whole, pretty good Rumbles. I think the men's match was a little... Um, more 
put together better. Um, mm-hmm. More well put together. But I think that's just because it, you know, there's been more Royal Rumbles for men, so they have more experience with that. But, I mean, the Women's Rumble was fine, too. But we'll get into that, because there's some controversy there. But uh, Edge won the Royal, uh, the Men's Royal Rumble, which is great. Good for him. Um, coming hey, back. Boy. Canadian boy coming back after 10 years. He retired with a neck injury that could have left him paralyzed. 10 years later, he's able to wrestle again, wins the Royal Rumble. Great heart woman story. You couldn't write this if if you tried. Um, so good for him. Um, I know people are like, oh, well, they got to push new stars. And, you know, I agree. But at the same time, I can't not be happy for Edge. Yeah, maybe when the new stars step up, then they'll push him. Yeah. But Edge. Um, maybe has a better work rate than these new stars. Yeah, so maybe he deserves it, to push. I mean, I don't think he's going to win at Mania, so there's that. So he's probably going to put over like Roman Reigns. Probably. Which is fine, because Roman Reigns is fantastic. Yeah, what he's doing is, is really something. I never thought I'd, I'd, I'd be a fan of Roman Reigns, but I am now. But uh, that's not what we want to talk about the Royal Rumble. We want to talk about the Women's Royal Rumble, because there's a bit of controversy here in the fact that... Um, Bianca Belair won the Royal Rumble, um, is what they're saying. But we all know that's not true. Um, we all know that Alexa Bliss actually won the Royal Rumble. She was screwed she over it. here. She won it by a lot. Yeah, not, she didn't not... just win. She won by a lot, okay? Now, there are people that will say, oh, no, no, that's not true. She was eliminated in, like, three minutes or whatever. And we'll say, no, 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 no. That, that did not happen. Alexa Bliss won the Royal Rumble. This is a screw job of the highest order, okay? She won the Rumble, okay? And and they're just acting like she didn't win the Rumble. Like, this is uh, outrageous. Something must be done about this. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Alexa Bliss should get some lawyers. I, I think so, uh, too. Because everyone witnessed it. I have multiple people, very, very highly educated sources, saying that Alexa Bliss did, in fact, win the Rumble. Yeah. I mean, look, Alexa Bliss won, won the Royal Rumble. Everybody knows she won the Royal Rumble. You know, you know, the mainstream news media is saying that Bianca Belair won the Royal Rumble. But, I mean, uh, listen, that's fake. Alexa Bliss won the Royal Rumble, okay? And we're going to prove that she won the Royal Rumble. When The, the, the facts... Clearly show that Alexa Bliss won the Royal Rumble, and uh, you know when we put those facts in front of people, they will realize that they've been lied to, and uh, Bianca Belair did not win the Rumble. Yeah, I have a phone book of of hard evidence that Alexa Bliss won the Rumble. I have charts, man. I have charts that clearly show the data that points to Alexa Bliss winning the Rumble. Okay, and listen, a lot of the people in that Rumble. Okay, a lot of the women in that Rumble, they're not even employed there anymore. So how are they being in the Rumble? How is that possible? Okay, something fishy is going on there. Okay, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. Because Alexa Bliss won that Rumble, and everyone knows it. A lot of people are saying that Alexa Bliss won. A lot of people. People are very angry that Bianca Belair won. People are very angry. um, Okay, because, you know, their voices were suppressed. Okay. Um, because they're being told that what they know to be true isn't true. Um, 
Alexa Bliss won the Rumble. She won it by a lot, and uh, this this isn't the last you'll hear of this. We're we're gonna yeah. we're gonna get to the bottom of this. We we will find justice for Alexa. Yeah. Once we once we provide the evidence to the highest court in the land. Yeah. I'm will... thinking. I'm I'm honestly I'm thinking of holding a press conference. Okay. I've been checking out bookings at the Four Seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to hold a press conference. Once we get all our evidence together, we'll hold a press conference and we'll prove to people that Alexa Bliss won the Rumble by a lot. I think so. Yeah, okay. That's a good idea. Yeah, but uh, that's all we have to say for now. Um, But you'll be hearing from us again about this because Alexa Bliss won and uh, they're saying she didn't win. And they're liars. Yeah, okay. The rumble was stolen from Alexa Bliss. It was stolen. This is mass Royal Rumble fraud on a scale we have not seen perhaps ever. Ever. But anyway. Um, I, 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 we got to move on. We do have to move on because there's something uh, I want to talk about. And uh, the, um, there was a game that I was much looking forward to. Uh, since it was announced, and uh, a demo for it dropped a couple weeks ago. That's a game called Balan Wonder World. I've been calling it Balan Wonderland since it was announced because, frankly, that's a better name. Flows better. Balan Wonder World is a terrible name, uh, but that's okay because I'm not excited for this game anymore. Because I played the demo, and this is the worst demo I've ever played in my entire life. <laughs> this game is. One of the worst things I've ever had the displeasure of experiencing. It's so fucking bad, man. It's te- Okay, this game starts off... The very first thing that happens in this game is a musical number. And that's not the only one. There's, there's another musical number at the end of the demo. Well, not at the end of the demo. What do you think is the end of the demo? So you think a game with two musical numbers will be fun and exciting. And my god... My god, is this the most boring game I've ever played. So Let the me musical tell you, number at the beginning uh, didn't weren't like oh wow this is pretty cool. No, um, the musical number happened and I was like oh oh yeah I'm in for this and then the gameplay happened and I was like what the fuck is like I almost fell asleep while playing it's so bad first of all okay every single button on the controller does the same thing it's a one button game. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. It's a two-button game. Okay, but okay. So this was the game with like the costume mechanic, where you know you put on a different costume to change abilities, and you can have like three costumes at a time, and you can push the trigger or the bumpers to uh, to change costumes. You know, but first of all, you don't even change costumes that nicely. Like it, it like it take like it's not seamless. It's like you push the button to change costumes, and there's a there's a there's like a five-second animation, and it's too long, and it's not, and it's terrible, right? But each costume has like a different ability, and and to activate this ability, you push literally any button. <laughs> um, and I guess like to get through the levels, like the, it's barely a platformer. Like there's barely any like actual platforming or platforms that you have to get up on. It's more like you walk, you collect the shiny things. Um, there will be something that you can't get by unless you use a costume ability, and it's very obvious that you have to use the costume ability, so you push the face button, or if you don't have that costume on you, guess what? If you, if, if there's something that you'll, if there's a costume you'll need, like, it'll be there for you to, like, 
put on. Like, it'll be sitting there like, oh, hey, here's this costume just lying here for me to put on. I'll probably need it in the next 10 seconds. So there's nothing you even need to figure out to, oh, oh, what costume do I need to figure this out or blah, 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 blah. You'll know immediately because, like, oh, I need to use this costume to figure this out because this costume is the one that's sitting right here for me to equip in case I don't have it equipped. I don't know what the fuck... I don't know who this game is supposed to be for. This game is so simple and bare-bones that I I can only think that this is for, like, like extremely small... Like, two-year-olds who have never played a video game at all in their entire lives. But even for them, there's better games to give a two-year-old who's never played a video game in their entire lives. Give them... Paw Patrol is better than this. Give them a Paw Patrol game. That's... That's better than this. This game has less going on than Elmo's Letter Adventure for the N64. And at least that game held educational value. This game holds no value. I don't know what this is. Fuck this. Yeah. I don't. I feel like you should stop before you get legitimately angry. Yeah. Let's talk about good things. Yeah. I have some game reviews, Jonah. Is that, is that so? That is so. I have some game reviews. Are you ready to hear them? I would love to hear them. Okay. Well, um, have we done reviews on this podcast before? I think we did one review once. Maybe. I think we reviewed the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, and then we never did another review. Yeah. But uh, let's change that. And so let's give some reviews. And, you know, these aren't timely reviews because we don't get review copies in advance because, you know... Number one, we're just guest hosts, so we're not important enough. And number two, um, we'd like to, uh, you know, even if even if we could, you know, we don't want to go through that whole process of signing an agreement of things we can and cannot say. You know, we want to give you people um, all of the cold hard facts. That's right. Yeah, right. So we we you know we buy and play through games just like you. So. You know you're getting a true, authentic review. That's right. Okay, but I want to talk about some games, both of which are free, both of which are console exclusives, on different consoles. Okay, hit me. Hit me! I emphasize different consoles to flex, once again, that I have multiple consoles. Listen, <laughs> you just because you have a big dick and have both consoles that are almost impossible to get, for not outrageous amounts of money. Yeah. But anyway, uh, first up, I am going to give a very nice review to The Medium, which uh, came out a few weeks ago for PC and uh, Xbox Series X and S. Uh, it's available for free on Game Pass, which is how I played it. You can also buy it if you want, or you can play it on Game Pass, and then if you like it so much that you want to buy it to own, you can do that as well. Uh, it's like 65 Canadian, um, so I think it's $50 US. I don't know how much it is in other countries, so if you're from other countries, do the conversion based on that. But Jonah, are you ready for my review? I am so ready. Okay. You're going to chime in from time to time so I'm not just talking to myself and boring the audience? Yeah, yeah of course. Of okay, course. good, good. Okay, so <clears throat> the medium. Let me tell you a bit about the medium. So this takes place in Poland. 1999. Uh, you play as Marianne, a woman who has the ability to navigate the spirit world, and she helps troubled souls pass on. 
to the other side properly. It is nice. Nice woman. Yeah, but, uh, you know, there's been some trouble because she's been having a recurring dream of a little girl uh, being shot. And uh, on the day uh, of her uh, adopted father's funeral, she gets a mysterious call from a man named Thomas who claims that he knows about her abilities and her dreams. Intrigued yet? Intrigued, yep. Yeah. I mean, I've already been intrigued. I'm going to play this game. Yeah. So anyway, he says that uh, he wa- you know, he'll, he wants to talk to her at uh, the uh, Neva Workers Resort. In a... So she goes there, and this is an abandoned communist-era resort that was built on the ruins of a World War II fort. Uh, Thomas is nowhere to be found. When she gets there, um, so she explores a bit. Um, she meets a little girl in the spirit world named Sadness. Um, Sadness isn't her real name. Um, the little girl just doesn't remember what her real name is, so she calls herself Sadness. So That's, that's fucking depressing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, naming a character Sadness is a very very Kojima thing to do. <laughs> anyway, um, so it turns out that, that the Neva, the abandoned Neva Workers Resort has a strong connection to the spirit world and is also home to a monster called the Maw that has a very particular interest in Marianne and wants to wear her skin. Mm. Yeah. The the Ma lives in the spirit world, but it can see into the real world to hunt down Marianne. Um, so when you're in the real world, you can't see the Ma. You can like see his outline, but um, but he can still hunt you because he can see through both worlds, which is, is crazy because most things in the spirit world cannot do that. And that's all I'm going to say about the plot because uh, the plot of this game is a mystery and I'm not going to spoil anything else. So, if at the end of my review you're like, I want to play that, you're going to get the proper experience, not knowing anything. So basically, so Marianne has to explore Neva in both the real world and the spirit world to find out what happened there, how it connects to her and Thomas, and what the hell the Ma is. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I I liked it. Overall, I think it was a really good story. uh, Very well told. Um, Throughout the... Throughout the entire game, like it gives you just enough information, like throughout the game, that it keeps you intrigued and guessing. So, like as it as you go through and you learn new things, it gives you just enough. So you're like, oh, so maybe this or this or this. So you can so you have guesses of what 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 the answer is, but there's just enough possibilities that you don't really know still. Mm-hmm. Um. And and yeah, so. It, it tells you just enough, and there's a lot of things it doesn't tell you at all, that, like about like like the world and the backstory and things that happen to characters that it, it doesn't outright tell you. Like you just have to infer, uh, which I, I I I appreciate that it doesn't treat me like an idiot with a small attention span, even though I am in fact an idiot with a small attention span. That's okay. Hey. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it's a mystery, and the story is paced like a mystery. So uh, people who who are used to like horror games like Outlast or like Resident Evil, where everything's like happening, 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 might not like it. But uh, I dig it. I think it's I think it's a perfectly paced story. I look forward to playing it. So yeah, it's a nice slow burn mystery that slowly unravels, and and I'm all for it. What's so, next, Matt? What's your second? Well, that's not my. Re- I'm not done the review. Oh, sorry. I thought you I were. Got, I got to talk about the gameplay. True. That's okay. Okay, continue. Okay, so gameplay. Uh, there's no combat in this game. It's all ex- exploration and puzzle solving, uh, with a little bit of stealth and chase sequences mixed in. 
um, with the the Ma. Uh, it's 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 a uh, it's a very old school in its design. Like this is this is a tank controls static camera, like type game. Like this is classic survival horror. Like you cannot move the camera. It's a set camera. You know, it, if you've played like the original original Resident Evil. Or, I was just gonna um, say. Yeah, or even like in like until dawn or like like dark pictures like man of medan and um little hope like they were also fixed cameras so it's like that um some people don't like that type of thing i appreciate it uh, when it's done well and i think it's done well here and it's used to good effect um you have like an inside ability that you can use to like highlight like important or hidden items uh, while you're exploring uh, and this is here. Here's the gimmick of the game: is that sometimes you'll be exploring the real world, sometimes you'll be exploring the spirit world, but a lot of the time you'll be exploring both at the exact same time. I've seen I've seen that in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. So basically, what what happens in those sections is there's a it's a split screen, as if you're playing old school two player. It's a split screen down the middle, right? One side of the screen is the real world, one side is the spirit world. Games render in both at the same time. Um, so those Series X, uh, yeah, man, quality game. Um, I, it looks beautiful, by the way. It is beautiful. I took so many screenshots. I wish it had a photo mode, but at the same time, because it's a static camera, it doesn't really need a photo mode because, like, you can't move the camera, so everything's really a perfect screenshot. Well, um, you know, with that Xbox Series S controller or a Series X controller, you got yeah. that capture. Yeah, but yeah, so basically, like, you'll explore both at the same time, and, you know, you'll solve puzzles, so, like, sometimes there'll be an item in one world that's not in the other world, right, so you can examine it and pick it up, right, and when you're looking at items, you can choose which world you want to focus on more, um, you know, and, and, and sometimes there's uh, there'll be obstacles in, like, one, one world that will prevent you from, you know, progressing in the other world, so, for example, let's say there's, like, a door that's Let's say in the spirit world, there's like an open doorway, right? Mm-hmm. But but in the real world, there's a door there that is closed and locked that you cannot walk through. So even though the door's open in the spirit world, you can't walk through it. There's an invisible wall there because in the real world, it's a closed door, right? So she can't walk through the door in the spirit world because she can't walk through it in the real world. So you have to figure out how to open the door, right? Okay. That's just an example. It's not a good one. But it's a simple one. I was gonna say like it's it, that's like doors in real world. Yeah. Not there's a spirit. <laughs> no. There's a lot of there's a lot of other different puzzles, but that was just a very simplified example. No, I, I completely understand. Um, the aspect of controlling two worlds, like two different. Yeah. So you, like you have to kind of pay attention to both sides of the screen because you don't want to miss something in one world. Um, also, uh, during these, uh, during the split sections, like the split screen sections, you can also, if you hold B, you have an out-of-body experience, which basically lets you explore the spirit world, um, without the restrictions of the real world for, like, a limited time. So, like, it, it slowly dissipates and eventually brings you back, but so, I think it's, like, a minute or something that you can, like, you can go off. So, like, sometimes the, like, that'll be, like, the, the solution where it's, like, oh, I, I can't progress anywhere. Like there's no like, and then and then you'll realize oh, and then you'll do your out of body experience and you're like then you can go anywhere in the spirit world for like a minute or whatever before it brings you back. Okay. 
you know, it's 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 pretty. It's a nice feature, but it's pretty like, like the game. Like you you only really do it when you when you have to do it like for a specific puzzle. Like a a lot of the time when I had to do it, I was kind of stuck on the puzzle because I actually forgot it was a thing that I could do. <laughs> Sometimes just it, you know what they say. It's always the last thing you do, right? Yeah, but like that that's the thing. Like it's a nice thing, but like it's not really because it's so linear. It's like I use that you use that so little that like I I legitimately forgot like I could do that, which is one of my criticisms of the game. But oh, anyway. But um, other than like puzzle items, there's also collectibles, um, like notes and postcards and stuff that uh, will give you some lore and backstory on uh on neva workers resort and uh you know just what the hell happened there um that caused it to be abandoned uh there's also um items called echoes and memory shards which basically will you inspect them um and they'll let you it'll play like a past memory of an event that happened that connects to that item also give you some lore and backstory which um I I I collected everything and I read every single note and thing because shit's interesting, man. It's I mean it's it seems like such a unique game. Yeah, and like I it, feel like some reviews saw it as like expected it to be something that it was never gonna be. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very like game where like if you don't like this kind of like the style of game it's going for, then you're not gonna like it. But like if you're into that thing, like you will very much like it. But like like no, like you know how in Gears of War we get all these collectibles and we never read them at all. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I read everything in this fully, and I listen like it every. Worth, is it worth reading? Yeah, it's really interesting. Okay. Right? And like it gives you legitimate information that will like m- like like if you just if you don't read them and you just go through the story and see the cutscenes and stuff, like you'll still kind of be able to piece together like what happened. But like I said, there's a lot of stuff it doesn't tell you, right? But so reading all of like the collectibles to get the backstory will help you piece it together better. Like you can still do it without it, but like it it like it makes it better. Understandable. Yeah. Um, and but so yeah, other than exploring and puzzle solving, there's also some sections uh, where you either have to run from the maw or sneak past them. And there's no combat, so if he catches you, it's instant death. Hey, it's not a not necessary for this yeah. type of game to have combat. So. Again, this is this is much more, like gameplay wise, like this is a horror, like it's a it's a it, it's not like straight up horror, like this is very like it's very psychological like tension like dread horror, but like gameplay wise, this is very much plays like like a detective game where you're exploring and looking for clues and solving puzzles to progress. But um, you know what I want to talk about, Jonah? I want to talk about the voice acting. Tell me Does... about the voice acting, because I hear marvelous things. Okay, well, I'm talking about the voice acting because it's very important in a game like this, which is so story-driven and cinematic. So first, right off the bat, uh, Kelly Burke, who voices main character Marianne, uh, she's great, which is important because she narrates the whole game. So if that performance is bad, the whole thing falls apart. But she holds it together very well. Um, And I hadn't heard of her, right, when I saw her name in the credits. So I looked her up on IMDb. She's pretty new. I think her only other, like, video game credits are, like, background characters, in like stuff, 
right? But if she keeps so, doing if she keeps doing work as good as this, I think you're gonna see her name in a lot of video game credits. Listen, it's hard to establish yourself as a. I mean, I really only know of like two, like Nolan North and Troy Baker. Those are like the yeah the big I, boys. I, I know of more than that, but I think I think I think if she keeps doing work like this, she's gonna become a staple of uh, video game casts. Uh, the supporting cast is all good, too. They all range from good to great. Uh, but, listen, the standout here is Troy Baker. Troy Baker voices the Maw, the demonic monster thing that chases you throughout the whole game. And he's just absolutely... It's it's This is like no Troy Baker voice you've ever heard. It's, it's terrifying. It's unsettling. Um, some of his line delivery will haunt my dreams for a very long time. I mean, like, he—he he is truly a marvelous voice actor, and I love the man dearly. And he in is. a dream life of mine, I would strive to be a Troy Baker. Listen, it's oh, no, like, no. He, hes so good at this, right? This is like, this is like, at first when he when he first showed up, I wasn't like I knew Troy Baker voiced the villain in this game. When the Ma first shows up, I wasn't even sure if that was Troy Baker. Because, like, I couldn't tell at first. Eventually, eventually, I could tell, right? But at first, I couldn't tell. Because, like, so he does this thing where, like, well, he's, like, he'll change his pitch from, like, demonic to, like, almost childlike, like, mid-sentence, right? But, like, yeah. which might not sound scary, but it's terrifying when you hear him, like, what he's saying and the way he's saying it. Like, he'll go from, like, demonic deep to, like, pretty high and it's so creepy and unsettling but when he's like really deep like i couldn't really recognize him at first but then when he went, hi- when he went higher i recognize him but it's 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 very it's very chilling the things he says and the way he says it and it's this is important because like you don't actually physically see the maw that often like when you do it's a great monster design but like you don't really see him that often like in the like his actual like presence is only seen like a couple times right but you hear his voice a lot. So that has to be the scariest thing in the game. And boy, howdy, is that the scariest thing in the game. <laughs> I mean, it's Troy Baker. What do you expect? Come on. Yeah. Um, every time I even... Every every time he started to talk, didn't have to finish the sentence, I was, I was terrified of his presence because of his vocal performance. Excellent vocal performance. Um, speaking of performance, um, this game is beautifully graphically especially the spirit world. Just just excellent design and atmosphere. Um, this isn't like, atmosphere-wise, this is not like a, this isn't like your, this isn't the horror that you're like, jump scares and blah and blah. That's not what this is. This is much more the shining and less the conjuring, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. I, I think people were expecting like Resident Evil type or like, like Outlast type something with jump scares See, and stuff. Like jump scares are good to a certain extent, but unsettling is almost scarier than jump scares. Yeah, this isn't a game. This is much more psychological. This is like if the horror elements of like True Detective Season 1 were legitimate horror. Yeah. Um like like this is about like this is about the atmosphere, the creepy abandoned facility, um the creepy designs of the spirit world and the thought that the maw is about to attack you. Right? 
this is about like is the maw around the next corner this is very much the type of horror where you're not just being scared by things popping out at you you're being scared because the music is making you think that troy baker is about to talk <laughs> um and i i love that but again I mean... that might not be some people that's not their thing and if that's not your thing like you're not gonna like this which that's not my thing yeah which which, <laughs> which i respect that position but yeah um but anyway but yeah the graphics are gorgeous um but yeah the art style um the art style of the spirit world is incredible um like the real world abandoned resort is like it, it looks good graphically but you know it's a very been there done that type of environment it's spooky enough but the spirit world is where this game shines i almost wish the whole game was took place in the spirit world that's how that's how good it looks and cool mm. it looks um but i also don't wish it the whole game took place there because that's where troy baker lives <laughs> but no he attacks you in the real world too so you're not safe anywhere um the music again music is terrific there's quieter pieces where you're just exploring that will slowly build like tension they'll slowly build up into like these deep drums and bass lines um and then the soundtrack that plays when the ma shows up um is horrifying if it's perfect oh it's so perfect like like it's 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 like when he shows up, like there's very loud, big, bombastic, terrifying, like deep drum beats that you're like, I my life is in danger. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's what you want. Um, so overall, um, performance-wise, uh, it's 30 FPS. Um, just fine. This is a slow-paced cinematic game. It doesn't need 60. Um, I I didn't have any. I didn't notice any. Uh, frame drops but uh i read that some people did experience a couple of small ones but nothing that'll ruin your time um i only ran into one glitch the whole game i ran into this one glitch where there were some random sparkling lights for some reason but it only happened twice and never again and uh i read that the devs were aware of this issue so i think they patched it but if they didn't patch it they will patch it but again it didn't ruin my time uh also the game recommends that you play with headphones and um yeah play with headphones i never i never play like i almost never play single player games with headphones i think the only single player game i ever played with headphones was was hellblade because that also tells you to play with headphones um really you you don't use headphones when you're playing video games not when i play single player games because when i like my my monitor doesn't have sound well i play on a television no, I know, I know. Like I play on a television, so like, if I'm playing a single player game, like I I'm listening to it through my television, like a like a movie or a television show. Um. So the like the only single player game I like obviously I use headphones when I'm playing multiplayer, but um, the only single player game I ever played with headphones was Hellblade because that also told me to use headphones. And yeah, play this game with headphones, even if you never play games with headphones, because um, this is absolutely a game where you want all the sound effects directly in your ear um and 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 yes troy baker talking in this game directly in your ear like normally i would love for troy baker to talk directly in my ear um i guess i want him to talk directly in my ear in this game too but for a very completely different reason but yeah i i loved it um i think the only complaint that i have is that some of the puzzles are a bit too easy to solve like like there's a lot of like there there are 
some of the puzzles, like, there's no puzzles that are, like, difficult. Some of the puzzles were, like, think, like I actually had to think about. But I think, a, like, a lot of the puzzles are very much obvious to just, oh, go get this thing, you know, to do this. You know, go get this thing and then, then bring it back and combine it and then you can move on. Um, which is fine because it, it helps move the story, you know. I... I just want more story in this game, so I don't want to be hampered by, oh, what the fuck do I have to do for this puzzle? But I think a lot of them were too easy, but that's really, that's my only complaint. That's my only major complaint. My only other complaint is that this game takes place in Poland, but everybody has an American accent. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, but again, didn't ruin my enjoyment whatsoever. Um, so, I love this, so... If you like slow-paced mysteries, if you like old-school horror games, if you like Silent Hill, stuff like that, um, you're going to like this, I think. It's on Game Pass, so it's free to try if you have Game, Pla- game Pass. But, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely think that if you don't have Game Pass, and, and, and I, I, think it's worth, I think it's worth the price. Okay, quickly on your, uh, your second, because uh, we are running pretty long. Yes. Well, my second review is going to be quicker because it's a multiplayer-only title, so I really just have to tell you how it plays and what the modes are. Wait, I thought this was single-player as well. There is single-player, but it's not. Uh, it's it's it, Single-player is like a glorified tutorial. Okay. Okay, so Destruction All-Stars, also free on PlayStation Plus for two months. It's free until April. Um, after that, you'll have to buy it. Uh, for what price, we don't know. Originally, this was going to launch for um, $70 US, $90 Canadian, uh, but then they decided, no, we're going to launch it free on PlayStation Plus. You cannot currently buy this. You have to get it through PlayStation Plus, and um, if, one, if you don't get it through PlayStation Plus, and it does go back up to that uh, $70 US, $90 Canadian price afterwards... Uh, I'm going to tell you right now that um, don't buy it at that price because um, this is worth this is worth free. Maybe it's worth twenty-five dollars <laughs> in its current state. Maybe by the time it's out, out of PlayStation Plus and they're like, "Pay us." Now, by the time it's out of PlayStation Plus, it's not going to be worth the price they wanted to charge. Maybe it's worth fifty if they add more stuff to it. But right now, it's worth free and. So get it while it's free. If okay, but so Destruction All Stars, it's fine. You know, um, it's it's a fine way to spend a couple hours to play or you know to play something with your mind turned off while you're like listening to a podcast or something. Specifically, this podcast and no other podcast. Exactly. Um, but like, there's way better vehicle destruction games out there than this. Um. This just makes me want a new Twisted Metal, honestly. Um, but like, it's better than something like Bleeding Edge. But uh, it's it like it's not as like there was a game a couple years ago that was like an online multiplayer like vehicle game. It was called Onrush, and it was better than this. I'm just gonna say that right now. Um. So okay, so this game number one. It's not completely in vehicle, like you can run around and stuff, and and, and jump up. Um, every match starts with everyone on foot, 
and you have to get into a car. There's different types of cars. Uh, they all feel different to drive. Um, you know, they handle fine, but they're nothing special, which I guess is fine because they're meant to be destroyed. But like, there's, there's, you know, there's nothing spectacular about them. They're just there. Um, the crashes are okay. Like, they're not as nice as I would have liked. Which, I mean, I guess that's fine because it's a multiplayer game, and you, and you don't want the crashes like halting your progress or like you're looking at a crash and then someone like attacks you. But, like, I, I've been playing Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, which came out in 2010, and has better crashes and vehicle damage than this game, which is supposed to be, like, a flagship PS5 next-gen title. Like, the vehicle damage in this game is literally just parts will fall off your car in big chunks, and that's it. Like, if, 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 if your health goes down to half, then your hood will fall off, or your bumper will fall off, and that's it. Like, there's no scratches, there's no dents, there's no nothing. There's no cracked windshields. <laughs> it's kind of sad, to be honest. Like, It's not well... Uh... Well done, in any way. I mean, Yoko it's... damage is pretty cartoonish. Yeah, I mean, the art style is cartoonish, but, like, this is supposed to be a big, like, you know, like, this is supposed to be like, oh, yeah, check out the PS5, check out this game, you can only play on a PS5, check out what the PS5 has to offer. And, like, again, I'm playing Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered, which Need for Speed Hot Pursuit came out in 2010 and has much better crashes, car crashes than this game and much better vehicle damage than this game. And this game is about destroying vehicles. But whatever. Uh, anyway, you can run around also out of your car. You can jump up on platforms. You can wall run. Because you got to collect these shards, which will fill up your um, like a, a meter to use your abilities. And you can hop up can hop up onto enemy cars which will give you like a quick time event and if you complete it before they shake you off you can throw them out and then you can either take their car or destroy it and i'm just gonna say this right off the bat running in this game is not fun jumping in this game is not fun the quick time event is is not fun really after the first couple times like all you want to do when you're not in a car in this game is get back into a car as quickly as possible um i think them putting the, the on-foot sections was a waste of time. They could have used that dev time to, I don't know, make better vehicle damage or something. Because this is a game about destroying cars, and the actual destruction of the cars is not that impressive. Which, to me, is a problem. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Bruce Buffer, also. Bruce Buffer is the announcer of the game, which is nice. That's pretty cool, but, you know. He'll, like, announce, like, the start and the end of each match, but it's it's not, you know, it's fine, but, you know, that doesn't make the game more fun. But anyway, so there's four modes. I'm going to tell you what these modes are. There's Mayhem, which is free-for-all, where the goal is to get the highest score possible. You get points for hitting and wrecking other competitors. This is the best mode. There's Gridfall, which is a free-for-all mode where you have limited respawns, and it takes place on a platform that loses uh, pieces as the game goes on, so if you like, so it gets smaller, and uh, last person standing wins. There's Carnado, which is a team game, which is basically Gambit. Um, basically, you collect gears for hitting and wrecking enemies, and then you have to drive into a tornado in the middle of the map to bank the gears. Um, and you can steal other players' gears by taking their car. Team with the team who banks the most gears uh, by the end of the match wins. So it's Car Gambit. Um, last mode is Stockpile, which is also a team game. It's basically it's basically Carnado 
mixed with domination. You collect gears by... You wreck enemy cars to collect gears. Then you have to get out of your car. You get out of your car to collect the gears after you wreck the enemy. Then you get back in your car, drive to one of three different banks. Then you get out of your car to stand on the bank, to bank the gears, which will fill up a meter to control the bank. Whichever team controls all three banks wins. Uh, this is the worst mode. Uh, because it's so similar to Carnado, but with extra steps. I don't know why it's in here. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't interest me, but it is free, so I guess give it a try, right? Yeah, you can play every okay. You can play every uh, mode offline against bots in arcade mode. Although for some reason, if you play our Carnado in arcade mode, um, it's basically you on your own versus a team of fifteen bots. Despite Carnado being an eight versus eight team game. Um, there's also a practice mode, which lets you play every mode against bots as well. Um, mm -hmm. But like, if you if you play the modes in arcade and you win, like you get like rewards for like your player banner. But if you play them in practice mode, you don't get anything. So I don't know why both modes exist when they do the same thing. Although if you play Carnado in practice mode, you do get bot teammates. But again, like you don't get anything, so it's kind of useless. And it's not like practice mode is a tutorial, because if you play in arcade mode, before each match, it tells you the rules of the game mode, as does practice mode. So again, they're both kind of the same game mode. I don't know why they're both in there. Why are they add the same game mode twice when they didn't add good vehicle damage? Um, not sure. Yeah. There's also a challenge mode, uh, where you basically there's a, you pick a series... And it pits like two of the two of the characters of the game against each other, and then there's a series of modes that you have to complete in single player against AI. Each mode has like three challenges to complete. Then if you complete them, you get cosmetic rewards. Um, and if you if you get a certain if you get a certain amount of like stars by completing the challenges, like in the series, like you'll get like cos like a special cosmetic for the character, um, whose series that was, but. Um, the cosmetics are all just color swaps, so again, nothing to really motivate you to, to do that and unlock them, because they're just color swaps. Um, but anyway, in the series, it's basically, you do the series and it's challenges, and there's a mix of actual game modes and some time trials. Um, there's a checkpoint time trial where you have to drive through some checkpoints in a certain amount of time, which is not good, because the cars in this game were not meant to handle well and go for speed they're meant to be destroyed so that mode sucks then there's a smash boxes in a certain amount of time which is fine but this is like a mode from like a ps2 game it's not fun but like it works and it's easy but it's like it's just kind of tedious mm -hmm. um there's only four maps in the whole game also by the way not that it matters because the maps are very forgettable like they're functional but they all kind of blend together and look the same but i mean they're just there for you to drive around and smash things. Um, there's 16 different characters. Each character has different abilities, like different special abilities. Um, you get one on-foot ability and one hero car, and the hero car has its own ability. And the on-foot ability is basically useless because being on foot in this game sucks, and you just want to get back in your car, and your on-foot ability doesn't even... Like, it's not... <laughs> The on-foot ability can't be used to affect the other player's cars. Like, it might make you go faster or help you. Like, you can, you can like, tackle other on-foot players, but nobody's doing that because you just want to get back into a car, so it's useless. Uh, the hero cars are useful. The hero cars are fun, too, actually. Um, 
and the hero cards have each have their own special ability, and those abilities are also fun. Um, which again just makes me wish that they just got rid of the on foot sections completely and just made this a game where you pick a character and each character has a special car and each car has special abilities and forget about this nonsense where you start on foot, get into a random car, and then eventually you'll you'll have enough special meter to activate your hero car. Just have the whole game being the hero cars. What the fuck is this? <laughs> anyway, and to top it off, uh, this has one of the worst voice chat systems I've ever seen implemented. They in a, I mean, in a... they disabled it. Did they? Yeah. Okay. Then I won't talk about this. When no, did you tell me about it? When did you read they disabled it? Like literally five minutes ago. Oh. Uh, you were, <laughs> okay. I wanted to look up the game so I knew somewhat what it was about. But... Okay, so if they did disable it, then that's great. But if they didn't. Okay, this is terrible. Okay, so this is the voice. This is how the voice chat works. There's no in-game voice chat. What happens is, it would just automatically add everyone on your team into a voice chat group, like uh, in the PS5 itself, right? So basically, do that automatically at the start of every game. It will automatically, ba- basically, at the start of every game, it just automatically puts you into a party chat with the members of your team. And there's no way to opt out of this in the options. You can't go to options and find an option to say, no, don't do this. Like, it just does it, and there's no way to turn it off. So every at the start of every match, you have to hit the home button on the controller, scroll to the voice chat group you're now in, and hit mute. Got it. Thank God they fucking disabled that. God. Just fucking put voice chat in the game. Like, I... St- if they did disable it, good for them, but they shouldn't have put it in the game in the first place. This is the worst voice chat I've ever seen in a non-Nintendo video game. <laughs> um, but, I mean, anyway, like, it's fine. Like, it's not outright bad. Like, it's fun. Like, it's a... F- like, I don't want to say, like, it's not fun, because, like... Like, Mayhem is fun. Mayhem is a fun game mode, right? Like, you can have fun playing this game for maybe two hours, for the length of a podcast, for the length of this podcast, you can have fun with this game. But, like, I, I, I played this game for, like, two hours, and I had seen everything it had to offer, right? Um, and, I mean, I'm sure maybe they'll, I'm sure they'll add more maps and more modes and stuff, but, like, there's some problems with this game that I don't think you can just update and patch, right? Like, there's no, like... It, like it's okay. it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. Like that's all I can that's, say about it. It's fine. Yeah. Like it's not gonna blow you away. It's nothing special. It's a fun way to kill a couple hours, but this is not gonna be the next multiplayer sensation. Um, mm. but if you have PlayStation Plus, there's you know you, you don't have anything to lose. If if you like vehicle combat type stuff, like give it a go. But once it's not on PlayStation Plus, if if they charge more than twenty five dollars for it, um, just just um, just go buy a PS2 and play Twisted Metal. <laughs> or, I don't know, go play Onrush if the servers are still up for Onrush. That's a good game. That's a good vehicle multiplayer game. Oakley dokley. Right, like it's if, fine. That's, like that's it, what I got out of that review. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Like I had fun. I had fun playing it, kind of, but like, 
and it's that's, something that's a great that's it's, such a look I, it's something I don't want to say I'm never going to play it again but you know it's something I might like I said it's something I, I, I could see myself playing if I have you know some time to kill you know let's say I have not enough time to like play a longer you know like if I have some time to kill maybe I'll play if, you know if I'm listen, if I want to listen just chill and listen to a podcast with my mind turned off and not have to really concentrate sure I might play it again but you know it's fine. It's it's not high on my priority list to play again, but I, I probably will dabble in it every now and then. But it's not imagine outright someone, bad. But it's fine. Imagine someone you uh you made love to. You're like, how was the sex? It was fine. It was fine. I would love I would love to be good enough at sex that a woman would describe it as fine. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that's a bad example. But you know what I mean. I, yeah, I again. I think the, this honestly. I think the on foot stuff is what derails this game. Just, just give us all this game needed to be was the hero cars, right? Pick a character. That character has a very specific car. That's the car you will always drive in when you play as them. That car has abilities more than one, and that's the game. That like that should have been the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a game, I mentioned this, it's called Onrush. came out a couple years ago. Did not, was not as successful as it deserved to be. But in this game, it was also like a car, like a vehicle multiplayer game, right? It wasn't like destruction-like stuff. It was like, it's kind of like a racing game mixed with Overwatch. But like, you picked a character, right? And each character had their own vehicle. With its own special abilities. There was no other just plain old boring cars right when you play twisted metal you do not play as sweet tooth and then get in some random station wagon to then earn the ability to get in his fucking ice cream truck no you play in the ice cream truck the whole time i don't know what they were thinking with this let's have them just drive around in random cars and then the cars that are actually fun to drive around in and smash up and with cool abilities to use to help you smash up they have to wait to get that like that's not fun i'm gonna stop you there before you get your blood pressure gets too high there okay bud i'm just saying like this game could have (laughs) been so much better than just fine they they bunged it and i'm it's okay. I don't want to say I'm disappointed because from the minute they announced this game, I was like, it looks like it'll be probably just fine and nothing else. But at the same time, <laughs> I love me a good destruction derby vehicle combat game. And like, man, it's disappointing that, that, that this is only just fine. Well, uh, does that, that wrap it up? Yeah, that wraps up the season premiere. Of season two. Woo! You thought we forgot. We didn't. <laughs> yeah. No, we didn't. Um, but uh, anyway, me and uh, Balan uh, Wonderworld have become friends because we realized our mom has the same name. <laughs> I didn't know you were going there. I was like, what? Are you talking about? We're going back <laughs> <to that. laughs> And we brought back the woo and we brought back the mom has the same name. This is a full circle podcast. So, where can they follow you, Matt? Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at RealMFresh, and they can follow me on Instagram at Real underscore MFresh. 
or just type in real and fresh and um, pick the real and fresh whose profile picture is a cartoon of a white dude in a uh, flower field and not the uh, other dude whose name is real and fresh without the underscore and for some reason I don't know how I allowed that to happen <laughs> that's where, okay My... where, can, where can they follow you they can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jonah is gracious. I promise to start tweeting more, but it's just like I haven't tweeted in like two and a half weeks. It's bad. I know. Um, um, most importantly, you can follow Hunter Bishop, who is the real host of this podcast, who is currently hiding in Westview, New Jersey, and Westview. not Eastview. Westview is where you'll find him if you're looking for him. Um, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at the Hunter Bishop. Um, again, this is hit his podcast, so uh, that's where you're gonna find updates and stuff about the podcast. But again, he is totally a real person, so he doesn't just post about the podcast. He has a life and he has opinions and thoughts. So don't think that if you follow him, you just get you, podcast sorry, stuff. I missed that. What you say? He has a what? He's a he's a you know he's a life. He has thoughts and opinions. I thought you said he has a penis and thoughts. <laughs> well, he does have a penis, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. I was like, wow, you're going there. <laughs> That's okay. He is a real person. He has a yeah. penis and thoughts. He has a penis. He has thoughts. He has feelings. He has he all you know. So again, if you think, oh. If I follow Hunter, I'm just going to get podcast stuff. No, you're going to get other stuff too. But you will get podcast stuff. You're not going to get podcast stuff from, from me and Jonah. Although you should still follow me and Jonah. But uh, podcast stuff from Hunter. As well as other stuff from Hunter. Not the penis though. <laughs> unless you unless you uh, want it. But, uh, unless you... Unless, I, I mean, I guess unless both you and Hunter consent to that, then it's a different story. But that's none of my business. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But anyway, um, that does it for us. Thank you for listening. Um, oh, um, if you want to leave us a voice message, um, click the link at the bottom of the episode description. Send you to a page where you can record yourself. Feel free to, uh, I don't know, ask us a question, send us a death threat, compliment us. Compliment us and give us a death threat at the same time. That, that'd be a nice juxtaposition. You know, whatever you want, we'll listen to it. Um, or, you know, hit us up on the social medias that we just told you about for whatever. Um, again, we, we will accept questions. We will accept compliments. We will accept negativity. If you want to spew negativity at us, bring it on, man. Bring it on. Although, I, we'd appreciate positivity, but... That's right. Um, make sure to... Uh, Subscribe if you haven't already so you get uh, notified when new episodes come out. And leave us a five-star review um, if the podcast app you are listening to this on has reviews. Leave us a five-star review if you like the podcast. And if you really, really hated this podcast, then we will absolutely be okay if you give us a 4.5-star review. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you absolutely thought this was the worst thing you've ever listened to, then feel free to state your opinion that this is the worst thing you've ever listened to with a solid four-star review. No more, no less. Yeah. Woo! Okay, Okay, that does it. 
Thanks for listening. Woo! Your culture has been popped by Hunter Bishop. This has been a Rongo Productions podcast.